Sears Center 11. Oh, yeah. Looking for another uh, nice holiday weekend, you know, intermittently. 59 degrees right now. The DVE, I'm Lakshmi Singh. Uh, the Department of Environmental Protection is monitoring a coal spill in the Monongahela River after several barges broke free Thursday. Officials say about 15 barges loaded with coal broke loose near the Rankin Bridge. Did you see this? Yeah, I did. But when they characterize it like broke loose, it made it sound like they were making a jailbreak. Right. Guys, let's let's break free from this for once and for all. <laughs> oh, God, I'm leaking everywhere. Bad idea, guys. <laughs> Bad idea. They had to bring in Tommy Lee Jones. Four <laughs> barges of coal going down the river at 15 miles an hour approximately. <laughs> uh, officials say... <laughs> That's a pretty good Tommy Lee Jones. Where uh, you been hiding that one? Official, I bring I bring it out every time coal breaks free. <laughs> Officials say two sank and three struck the bridge before being secured. Inspection crews checked out the Rankin Bridge before reopening it to traffic for the uh, following the incident. Rather, uh, no one is hurt after a car crashed into a Hallmark store in Castle Shannon Thursday. Investigators say the vehicle hit the store in the 300 block of Mount Lebanon Boulevard. So wait, we're past the coal store, the story. We've yes, moved this on. Is, this is the second one. Okay, because I'm like, how does this relate? Oh, sorry, yes. All right. Uh, uh, officials think the driver may have forgotten to put her car in park and placed her foot on the gas instead of the brake. We've all been there. Driver was taken to the local hospital for evaluation. So that's good. It's a shame she didn't wreck into a hospital <laughs> then she could have just been right there <laughs> great point yeah or wrecking a tommy lee Jones. <laughs> it looks like what we got here uh, <laughs> he's just sitting under the tire i don't care you plowed into me at approximately 15 miles an hour uh i read an uh, interview with him recently where he said he ad-libbed that line in the fugitive where harrison ford's character is like I'm innocent. Or he goes, I didn't kill my wife. And Tommy Lee Jones is like, I don't care. <laughs> like, apparently the line was like, you know, you know, keep your hands up. He was just supposed to like arrest me. He's like, I don't care, which is a really funny ad lib to put in there. I mean, I'm sick of this movie. <laughs> I don't care. I just want to go home. <laughs> I will dream about my dad. I'm really anxious to see what color the, the river turns. Are you? After the cold spill? Yeah. Because it, it's, it's been the chocolate river for a, quite some time. I don't know. What does it do if you, is it just going to turn a, a darker shade of brown? Uh, could be the old Grateful Dead Black Muddy River situation, you know. It might be, uh, might start to look sort of seepy, coaly. I don't know. Or maybe it'll, it's like introduced into that river. It's like, hey, this is nothing. Right. We chew up and spit out three bunches and... of coal that sank. <laughs> Carrie Fisher. It's a separate story. Is being honored this morning in Hollywood. The late actress posthumously received a plaque in front of the TCL Chinese Theater. Her brother Todd Fisher unveiled and dedicated the plaque in her honor. The ceremony is being held where the original Star Wars movie debuted in 1977 and where dedicated fans are currently camping out before the release of the franchise's latest film, Solo, A Star Wars Story. I love Carrie Fisher. I think she's absolutely hilarious. That documentary with her and and uh, her mom was tremendous. Very funny. Bright Lights is that what it was called? I think so. Yeah. It, very it made funny. me feel really sad for her though. She's she's had 
she had a rough a rough go. Addiction. Yeah. Addiction's tough. And growing up, the kid of two world famous parents who have a uh, 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 like scandalous divorce in the tabloids. Yeah. When you're a little that kid, was uncomfortable. Very tough. Because her dad left her mom for another starlet and then made a bunch of movies with her, right? Yeah. Uh, Eddie Fisher and uh, Sandra D. Yeah. Or was she the one that was with... Uh, no, it was Elizabeth Taylor. Oh, yeah, that's right. It was Liz Taylor. Sandra D is Bobby um, Vinton. Bobby Flays. No. Oh, Sandra D's on the cooking channel, isn't she? I'm not sure. I think that's Paula Dean. Mm. I always get them mixed up. I don't care. <laughs> we got to cook it at about... <laughs> 425. It looks like we're going to have to bake this cookie at 300. <laughs> <laughs> this thing is burnt, Tommy Lee. Half I don't care. Half interested Tommy Lee all the time. He barely opens his mouth. Like he just doesn't care about anything. He, he No, he doesn't. He's a nihilist. <laughs> he's completely. He's, he's a nihilist, dude. 2019 Miss America competition will take place Sunday, September 9th in Atlantic City. The Miss America organization announced yesterday that the event will be broadcast live on ABC from the city's renowned Boardwalk Hall. You know what I find about Atlantic City, New Jersey? It is uh, has the greatest uh, ratio per capita of weight below the belt. Yeah. More people have more of their body weight from belt down in Atlantic City than in any other place in the world. That old teardrop belly. It is a unique thing. but I mean, it's like hips down. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, somehow, yeah. there's How? a weeble-wobble situation going yeah. on there. Like, their belt is the equator, and the, the southern half of the hemisphere is way bigger. Right. It's yet to see the sun. And it's weird. It's like the boardwalk is somehow sort of like evolutionary, like, forces have turned everybody into these, like, they all look like... Is it the gravitational pull there? I don't know what it is. I haven't been to AC in a while. I'm not in a hurry to get back. There are other great parts on the uh, on the Jersey Shore. I used oh, to go yeah. to LBI that, that, all the time. That boardwalk is a disaster. Yeah. It's, From the last time I went there, it was, I mean, really fun people watching. Oh, my God, yeah. Weeble watching, I guess Weeble I watching, say. yeah. Well, the announcement about the uh, uh, Miss America telecast was good news for the organization, which was rocked by scandal last year when several Miss America executives and board members stepped down over leaked emails criticizing the appearances of former Miss Americas. That hardly seems scandalous. I, I would expect that. Right. That's like uh, NFL owners were criticizing the play of the Steelers' defense. Like, it's, mm -hmm. it is what it is. I, I, I don't care. I don't care what you do. It's like... <laughs> He's like a ventriloquist. He just doesn't open his mouth. I got Tommy, we have to pick a winner. This is Miss America here, man. <laughs> I, I don't care. I don't care if it's Miss Universe. I just want to go home and have a dream about my daddy. The upcoming tour featuring John Fogarty and ZZ Top is already responsible for producing a great new Fogarty song titled Holy Grail. The longtime CCR frontman and ZZ Top guitarist Billy Gibbons collaborated on the new track written by Fogarty that will be released digitally on June 8th. The song will also be the first track from Fogarty's next album, which he's currently writing in hopes to record this fall. Meanwhile, the Fogarty ZZ Top tour gets underway tomorrow night in Holmdale, New Jersey. Guy's prolific. I'm telling you right now that John Fogarty, 
Keeps cranking out the tunes. I don't care. I don't care if he's on CCR or not. Cheap Trick is out with a new single to coincide with the launch of its summer tour with fellow classic rockers Poison. Are Poison classic rockers? Now they are, I guess. I don't know. They were post-classic rock. They're like, they were hairband. But is it, isn't that kind of like a classic car? Like if a car is more than 20 years old, it, it qualifies? Uh, yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah, I, you could go that way, but I do. It wasn't considered classic rock when classic rock was classic. Right. Were <laughs> other artists making classic rock around Poison at the time? Are other songs considered classic rock that were being put out in the late 80s, early 90s? Well, was Zeppelin and all those bands, were they considered classic rock at the time? No. Just rock. Right. But classic rock as a format began while these bands were still cranking out music. See what I'm saying? Yes. At any rate, Poison, Nothing But A Good Time, 2018 Trek is the name of the tour, which got underway last Friday. Cheap Trick released a single, The Summer Looks Good On You. Meanwhile, the tour continues tonight in Kansas City. They'll hit a number of major markets before winding down in Hollywood, Florida, July 1st. You know what sucks about rock and even comedy at this point is that I missed the cool time. I missed when it actually was nothing but a good time, when everybody was doing drugs Mm -hmm. and being crazy. Now, everybody's sober. Everybody's in therapy. Mm -hmm. everybody's just drinking coffee. Nobody's hanging out. No. Well, they are. They're just not doing it around rock and roll. They're doing it at, like, at DJ'd events. They're going to see Dead Mouse, Avicii. uh, Well, they're... Not anymore. Yeah. You know what I'm saying. Avicii's... EDM's where it's at. That's where all the drugs and the craziness is. is. If if you want to go be a part of that... No, I don't. Yeah. Because you have to take... Bad drug. You have to take to rock and roll drugs uh, used to knock you out. I felt like, and uh, the EDM drugs. Well, they keep you up for a couple of days. Well, I think the EDM drugs really uh, spend your supply of serotonin. That's the real like, problem. They they empty your bank of happiness for the month. Yeah, and if you don't have a, a brain that allows you to fill up the uh, uh, the river again, so that you can feed the tributaries into your brain, uh, you're you're not going to fare well in that 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 uh regimen no careful out there with the molly that wasn't one, tommy lee jones that was just oh. a, that was just a i don't care if you take molly or snort it or do whatever <laughs> and lastly the world's last largest rather known freshwater pearl is up for auction in the netherlands the only ever time i ever saw anything about like finding a pearl in an oyster or something like that. Uh, it was in a Bugs Bunny cartoon. I didn't realize this was an actual thing. The Sleeping Lion is what they're calling it. Also sounds like an urban dictionary. Oh, yeah. Did you give it the Sleeping Lion? Oh. Nah. We only had time for the Yawning Tiger. <laughs> then a dad came home. The Yawning Tiger. Isn't that a fart? Yeah. The sleeping lion is a rare natural object weighing almost four ounces and is almost three inches long. I don't care. I don't care if it's I don't know what, what I The pearl did. is known for its 300 years. I don't history. care. <laughs> yeah. 
It rotated between colonial merchants, noble jewelers, and European royals for the last 300 years, including Catherine the Great, who had sex with a horse. Fun fact. She did? Yeah. Is so, that why they called her great? That was what, Yeah. They were like, look, not everybody can do that. I mean, yeah, don't want to do it, but you have to admire the effort. Got to have a strong back. The lion-shaped pearl is estimated. No, they, did you ever hear the story about that where they like, no. lowered it down? No. Oh, yeah. You, what do you mean? Google Catherine the no, Great. No, I don't want to Google the horse. I want you to step me through it. Ah. <laughs> the lion-shaped pearl is estimated to be over worth over $630,000. So how about that? Highest bidder at the Hague on May 31st gets that one. All right, we're all done. Oh, I'll, later I'll tell you about the guy who got evicted from his parents, the 30-year-old guy. Yeah. He's been on all the news shows. Of course. Fighting for his right to go back to his parents' house. It went all the way to the Supreme Court. They don't want him there anymore. Well, he may have a job. At least he has an offer. I'll tell you about that later. We've got also uh, friends joining us. Sean Collier will be live in studio later on this morning. Uh, Ali Sadiq is at the Improv this weekend. He'll be live in studio. The Local is a band who will be playing in our coffee house today, which is all local music, so that's fitting. Awesome. That's on the way. Mike, proceed with your sports. The Steelers reacting to the uh, the new anthem rule and uh, also getting ready. Bucko's uh, uh, not, not such a great finish to that series, by the way, before they take on the, the Cubs and the Cardinals. That Red Series and the Padres, they had a chance to make some hay there. Mm, not so great. So they're still above 500, though. Michael have the latest in sports coming up here. DVE Sports. Mike Pursuit is here with your sports on the DVE Morning Show. You were at the OTAs uh, yesterday. Steelers, I was. Steelers facility on the south side. And I'm guessing... Kinda, you kind of... In fact... Uh, you were kind of doing a little dock there. And, Mike, you were at OTAs yesterday. Mike, you were at OTAs. What say you, sir? You were in between the sweaty giants yesterday. <laughs> Sports is are brought to you by Xfinity from Comcast. A bunch of people wanted to talk to Al Villanueva yesterday in the wake of the NFL's national anthem policy and all the reaction to it. And Al Villanueva just didn't want to have anything to do with it. He uh, declined interview requests and said he was all out of clickbait. Well, he he had been co-opted last year, and he made made it well known that he didn't appreciate that. I have no problem with that. We've heard, we've heard enough from him. We know where he stands. And I think that was the first time he's declined an interview request in his career, at least uh, one that I was part of. So if you want to take a day, take if you want to, Quote unquote, take a knee, Al. <laughs> in this instance, go right ahead. He's right. He's uh, an American. Ram- Ramon Foster was uh, in front of the microphones again, and he uh, reiterated uh, we heard a lot from Ramon yesterday, and uh, he was banging the same drum yesterday in terms of uh, the Steelers will handle this uh, the way it should be handled. Us personally, I feel like we'll handle it like pros. It won't be a, a situation for us. It, uh, it'll be work as usual for us. You know, other teams, we'll see what happens. I'm sure when the summer breaks on, everybody will voice their opinions, and I'm sure it'll be a highlight to open the day. Um, our thing is just to minimize the issue. You know, we're there to play a game. You know, I know we have one hell of a platform in the sense that guys or people look for us, you know, for to be the voice of reason. But on this one, um, what do you do? You risk losing your job, risk getting fined, risk, you know, making, you know, uh, making a, a livelihood for your, your your family, or you play the game. Um, we'll see. Steelers President Art Rooney II issued a statement yesterday. 
Uh, it said, in part, over the past year, we've listened to many people on all sides of the national anthem issue, most importantly, our fans and our players. The bottom line is that with this new policy, we have attempted to strike a balance between respecting the right of a player not to be forced to stand for the anthem while acknowledging that the vast majority of our fans who attend or watch games, particularly those in the military and veteran communities, do not want to come to a game to see a political protest. Uh, I think both uh, Ramon Foster and, and Art Rooney have uh, struck a chord here. It's The players are there to play a game. The fans aren't coming to see a protest. Is that such a difficult concept to wrap our heads around? Uh, I think the problem with it was, and if you don't, you'll be fined and maybe suspended. That was the issue. The fact that the players weren't involved in crafting the policy at all, when when everybody can agree, the players, like you said, Mike, they want to minimize the issue. Ramon Foster just said it. They, they don't want to deal with this. It's a nightmare for everybody involved. So as the owner, I would come to them and say, okay, look, this is hurting our bottom line that you guys don't want to deal with this because you're probably getting hate on Twitter and Facebook and you know people aren't happy with you. What can we do here? Okay, how about if we dedicate X amount of dollars to education in the city or, you know, at-risk youth or something? And then, and then they, you know, the players feel like they got something, the owners got their problem solved, and it's, it's done. Yeah, it's not, uh, it's not been handled uh, smoothly, to say the least. And uh, to the degree that Art Rooney confirmed uh, an ESPN report yesterday that there was no actual vote. There were initial reports that it was a unanimous vote. Then it was unanimous among people who voted. There was no actual vote. Art uh, met with three uh, reporters yesterday on the South Side, uh, including Ed Bouchette of the Post-Gazette. And uh, Rooney uh, said that, quote, there wasn't a formal vote, but look, we went around the room and everybody spoke their piece. It wasn't like anybody didn't have a chance to express where they stood on this. Uh, He added regarding the whole anthem flap, quote, I think the fans in this day and age have become accustomed to the teams being on the field standing for the anthem. I don't think that's too much to ask. On to the football. It was uh, the conclusion of week one of OTAs, which meant that it was the conclusion of week one for number one pick Terrell Edmonds. And uh, he spoke afterward about noticing a distinct difference between rookie minicamp and OTAs. The speed, the speed of everything, and then like the quarterbacks, they put it on the money. Uh, you have guys running down the sideline, back shoulder throws, all of that's on the money. So they'll try to fit in those tight windows. So everything just got to be picked up just a little bit. Yeah, the quarterbacks. Uh, ben Roethlisberger, for example, was not at rookie minicamp, but uh, he showed up for OTA number one, and Terrell Edmonds noticed him. It was crazy because he saw me in there, and I thought he smirked at me just because he saw me in there. Honestly, I thought he smirked at me when he saw me in there because A.B. was over here by himself on the island by himself with the corner, and I was in half field on that side. So uh, I think he smirked at me, tried to look me off. And, but I ended up rolling over A.B., but it, he was moving. A.B. was definitely moving down the sideline. <laughs> he smirked at me. He smirked at him. I think he called uh, home after, hey, Dad, Ben smirked at me. <laughs> They'll do uh, three more of these next week, and uh, there are four scheduled for the week after that. Then it's mandatory veteran minicamp, and then the countdown to Latrobe begins. Uh, the Pirates slipped up again yesterday afternoon in Cincinnati. Another day, another grand slam hemorrhage. This one 
by Ivan Nova off the bat of Eugenio Suarez, the Reds' third baseman. Cincinnati wins it 5-4. to four. The Pirates have lost 5-6 of six after having won 9-11, of 11, but uh, it was 5-2 in the top of the ninth inning until Austin Meadows hit another home run, his third, a two-run shot off a lefty. He went three for four with uh, two RBIs. He's got five RBI, three home runs. He's hitting 440. What, what do you do with this kid? I don't know, but, uh, boy, this is really intriguing to watch. And the swing looks great, and, you know, it's a very small sample size. Mm-hmm. Of course. But it, it, nothing fluky about these hits. I mean, he's hitting gaps. He's, he's hitting shots when they leave the park. They're no doubt about it type of home runs. And um, They got more outfielders than they know what to do yeah, with. He maybe. said he sees the ball better under the major league lights. He sees the spin on the ball. Wow. So far, so good. Uh, interesting uh, weekend coming up for the Pirates, who fall to 27-22 and 22 with that loss. They welcome the St. Louis Cardinals to PNC Park. And on the mound tonight, Joe Musgrove making his Pirates debut. He'll be uh, opposed by John Gant of the Cards, who's 1-1 one one with a 4.67 ERA. Musgrove, a big part of what the Pirates got back for Garrett Cole. He's been on the DL since the start of the season due to a right shoulder strain. He went uh, he went seven and eight with a four point seven seven ERA in fifteen starts and thirty seven games for the World Champion Astros last year. Let's go, Joe. Trevor Williams gets the ball on Saturday. Uh, that's a four oh five start, and then Jamison Tyone on Sunday. So uh, Cardinals, and then the Cubs, and then at St. Louis. Coming up, coming up in succession here for the Pirates. They've been streaky since the middle of April. Time to time to get on a good streak. Now would be a, a very good time to do that. It's DVE Sports. I'm Mike Pursuta. Mike Pursuta, Sean Collier coming in. Han Solo, the new movie. Although it's printed on my, uh, my schedule sheet here as Hans Solo, which would be the German version, I believe, or the Dutch version. Solo. Hans Solo. Oh, Hans. The little passive aggressive shot at the Joe. Maybe, uh, the, maybe the first one. No, not really. Yeah, are you guys having your first fight? No, I was just like literally saying. You know, if I had a good sheet, I wouldn't make these mistakes, but I don't. So no, I could have easily edited. I thought it sounded funny. Hans Solo it was funny to me. Hans and Franz Solo. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Ali Sadiq is in the. Uh, uh, well, he's at the Improv this weekend. He'll be in studio after eight o'clock. The local playing the coffee house later on this morning. Everything spelled correctly here. No problems with any of that. Usually every day it's clean as a whistle. There's no uh, space in between university and stage. Ah, I see that. I'm nitpicking. Ah. I, I would have screwed that up. I think they changed the name of that. It's the university stage. Yes. <laughs> Place an ad. Say it again. I want the Wookiee origin story. I want a movie. We all Wookiees on the Wookiee planet. What's the Wookiee planet called? Isn't there a Wookiee planet? Wookiee land. Also, he's 200 years old. Wookiee? He looks great. Great. I'm surprised that hair's not gray. <laughs> Will it ever get gray? <laughs> I don't know. Apparently not. 200. He looks Still great. agile? Yes. When is he ever going to lose that accent? Because what the yeah, he's been hanging out with humans 
who Big, speak English for 200 years. It would be great if at the end of the solo movie he was like, <laughs> Jesus, that was caught for a long time. Randy Bellman and the DVE Morning Show. What, what's the name of the Wookiee planet? You looked it up yesterday. Yeah, I forget it. Is it like, uh, it's like uh, Kirchin, right? Like Tim Kirchin or something like that. Something like that. Julie Grant's here from Channel 2. Julie. Yeah, what's up, nice. Julie? How you Hi, doing? Randy and Bill. Good. Hey, thanks nice for having you. me. Thanks oh, for being so great here. to be with you guys. Very I nice of it. you to be here. We appreciate it. And thanks for bringing in the cookies. Oh, you're welcome. Remember when people used you guys to bring us cookies all the time? Yeah. Yeah. Uh. And it's just all, you know, Rick Seaback was starting. But they're all dead to us now. They, <laughs> that's right. Uh, I'm in now. Huh? Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. You know, we had a couple people not bringing cookies. We need cookies. <laughs> that's uh, right. We can't thank you enough for, for coming in today because it is, you know, waking up this early is a real pain in the butt. Oh. And okay. do you have to do double duty today? I do. I do. I'll head to KDKA about 11 See? after I wrap up here. Yeah, she's got so much to do. Plus, not to mention, you're a, you're a lawyer. Yes. Uh, you, yes you, you like finished law school while you were doing the job here? No, no. I actually, um, I had worked in TV news first in Ohio, right. went back to law school full time, worked as a prosecutor for about four years, and then went back into TV news. Oh, my um, God. But I did do my LLM last year when I was working. What's LLM? So it's a it's a master of laws degree. So once okay. you have your Juris Doctor, if you want, you can go on and then master a particular area of the law. And and typically it, it's it's one of those degrees, unless you are going to teach or want to have expertise in a particular area, you you probably wouldn't do it. And mm-hmm. for me, I did want to have expertise in the area of, of trial advocacy, mm-hmm. um, especially because that's what I did. I am a trial lawyer and especially with being a reporter who I'm the legal editor at KDKA right. and cover a lot of cases, so it's oh, helpful. Yeah, that's and I'm just valuable. teaching a little bit up at Temple, so oh yeah, so, yes. I was going to say you did that in Philly, right? Right, Bill. Yeah. Good memory. Yeah, I yes, that. Temple's Law School. So now oh, I just God. I go there and teach just on a limited basis every couple months. I feel like a schlub. No. Yeah, we are I mean, underperforming. Not at all. No. You got like nine balls in the air juggling all the time, <laughs> and here, Bill and I, we got one ball. Oh, you're too kind to me. No, we're like Lance Armstrong over here. Yeah, <laughs> this show. No, are you kidding me? Your show is incredible. Love your show. Big fan of it. You guys. Nice, are that's awesome. nice of you to lie. So here's the, here. <laughs> so she's well, a good liar she's too. A good, oh, she's damn, a is there anything you can't yeah, do, a Lawyer, a liar. Uh, all right. So no. first of all, let's take a look Love at the weather from Dormont Appliance. Brought to you by Dormont Appliances. There's Center Eleven. Okay. Currently, temperature-wise, we are looking at 54. It feels like it's warmer than that. It's the sun is really cooking. So. Don't believe that. It's got to be warmer than that. Uh, news well, brought to you by warmer than that in here. Oh, it's it's, it's yeah. getting a little steamy in here. BobbyRayhall.com is uh, the new sponsor this hour. Julie Grant from Channel Two, take it away. All right, Randy and Bill. So Kim Kardashian and Kanye West are celebrating four years of marriage. The reality star commemorated their anniversary on Instagram yesterday with a never-before-seen photo of the two of them on their special day. She thanked West for inspiring her and for giving her their family. And the caption of the image writing, "Quote: Four years down and forever to go." That's nice. <laughs> I think it's going to work out. I believe in Do fairy you? tales. Yeah. <laughs> he probably bought her a spaceship and she bought him a nice container for his lithium. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that they have. I, I honestly, I'm kind of shocked that they've lasted this long. Mm-hmm. It, you know, just mm-hmm. because Hollywood and, and a hip hop star and a reality right. TV right. star, like how does that work? Mm-hmm. But there are royalty. Yeah. He's our Prince Harry. She's our Meghan Markle. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) That's right. Well said. (laughs) Love it.
Uh, okay, guys, so did you know that Star Wars character Boba Fett is getting his own movie now? Director this. James Mangold revealed to The Hollywood Reporter that he will write and direct a film based on The Bounty Hunter. Boba Fett is featured in five past Star Wars films, including The Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. Some other Star Wars characters are also getting their own movies thanks to Lucasfilms, including Obi-Wan Kenobi. And See? no uh, no Chewy, No Chewbacca story. You've been left yeah, out in the cold. That? But luckily, you have a lot of hair to keep you warm. That is true. <laughs> I well, think it's a, m- a movie that really no one's clamoring for besides Boba you. Fett? Oh, the Chewbacca no, movie? No, yeah. Dude, I guarantee you the Chewbacca movie would be the biggest of all the side project movies. Of all the ancillary origin story, that would be the biggest one of all of them. Rogue One, Solo, Boba Fett, which, by the way, Boba Fett will be very, very cool, I think. I People hope- love I- Boba Fett. It, it is cra- He's hardly in the movies he made one what does he have one line like i don't think they should have him talk i think it would be cooler he if barely they just talks as mm-hmm. like this masked person like a terminator thing that very rarely talked that might I mean, be kind he, of a cool he's effect. got one of the coolest outfits like his costume is is badass and that's right. why people <laughs> love it but he i mean he doesn't really he's a like i guess his origin story they do a little bit in the prequel they show like his dad and whatever, Jenga Fett or whatever his dad is. I'm getting a little nerdy here, but Mr. Fett. Yeah. They should do it. They Please. should change it. Call a me Jenga. Since they're going to be doing so many Star Wars movies now, they should change it up a little bit and make this one a rom com, like a Boba Fett love story. Like when Boba <laughs> met Sally or something. <laughs> yeah, like so- he's, he's just getting home from a day of bounty hunting, takes his mask off. Right. Or it's like has his, a cocktail. It's, it's actually his whole head. He's <laughs> like a robot. He just charges it, and the body just sits down. I'm serious. They should make a nice, fun, like comedy rom com, mm-hmm. little romp in the uh, in the sleepless and Tatooine. Yes, there you go. Now you're thinking. Maybe they will. All right, guys, to get this, Ariana Grande is honoring the victims of last year's Manchester bombing with a new tattoo. The singer revealing on Twitter yesterday that she had a bee inked behind her left ear because the insect is the symbol of Manchester, England, where 22 people were killed last year after Grande's concert at Manchester Arena. And Tuesday, by the way, marked one year since that attack. She handled that pretty well, I thought. I mean, for being a girl who would not be expected to handle something of that, that gravitas. Uh, right. she, she did a good job on the world stage because everybody's sort of like, oh, how do you respond to a, a tragedy when you're a you know sort of mindless pop star? And that's kind of how everybody thought of her. And I thought she was, you know, great. And yeah, very she went right back and did that concert, that huge concert and right. got all those people to come and mm-hmm. and raise money for that that town. You know what I like that she did? I mean, despite the fact I saw something, uh, one of those like uh, uh, F. Jerry or one of those aggregate. Uh, you know, Instagram account saying that I thought Ariana Grande was a font. That's I mean, it is kind of funny. Her name sounds like a Starbucks order or something. But when she was dating Mac Miller forever. Yeah. And now she's apparently dating Pete Davidson from uh, Saturday Night Live. So she likes the tatted up guys. But she was dating him. And then mm-hmm. he got a DUI last week after they broke up after a year. And somebody was trolling her online saying like, uh, yeah, you weren't there for that him. And look, look what happened as a result. And she just teed off on social media and had this great run where she's like, hey, it's not my fault he couldn't keep his bleep together. That's not my responsibility. Mm -hmm. Like, I tried. I sat with him and tried to get him sober for a year, and it was terrifying, and Mm -hmm. it sucked. And I was there the whole time, and he he just couldn't do it. And I wish him well, and I love the guy, but it's not my fault that, that he's 
you know, continuing to go off the rails. Right. Which Again, is- how do these relationships last more than a second? Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they, these people are both touring for the better part of the year. True. I, I don't know how. I, I always think they, they come with tons of stipulations. Yeah. Like Sarah Silverman was dating the actor, I can't remember his name, the guy who was in the Frost-Nixon tape movies, Michael, whatever, the English actor. Guy. Very funny. He was in uh, Masters of Sex, was it, on Showtime? You guys both know who know. this actor is, and I can't remember his last name. But they had dated forever, and they just broke up recently. And I couldn't imagine how they kept it going as long as they did. Mm-hmm. Because not only is it just distance, it's it's time zones. Right. It's working closely with people and literally like having like sex scenes with right. them and stuff. And you, it's just mm-hmm. a tough expectation to uphold all that. Mm-hmm. There's no, I, I just don't know how it happens. Well, whenever I, like I took acting classes in college and every acting class always felt like it could break out into an orgy. <laughs> like we're all wrapped up in each other. Right. We're all doing like floor work and crawling all over each other and doing these scenes where we have to stare into each other's eyes for a half hour. Mm-hmm. That That's not good for, right. for a relationship. You're doing like some sort of like Meisner right. technique or something. And you're just like, open your mouth and stare at the person for an hour. You're like, this shake is weird. Your, shake your jaw out. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Sheen was the actor that I was looking for. Michael but at Sheen. any rate, uh, mm-hmm. I had a new uh, found respect for Ariana Grande. Not her music. It's not my stuff. Is Did it Grande say or Grande? Grande? Yeah, I'm going Grande. Because I think Grande. you should change it. No, I think I'm that's how Grande. you should call her. Yeah. <laughs> when she becomes a princess, they'll call her Grande. <laughs> I like that Ariana. Yeah, I'm all right with her. Yeah. All right, what's next? Uh, she, uh, nice. Some more music news for you guys. So, Southern rock icons Molly Hatchett are set to release a four-CD box set <laughs> featuring albums and bonus tracks available July 27th. Fall of the Peacemakers, 1980 to 1985, as it's called, includes the albums No Guts, No Glory, Take No Prisoners, The Deed is Done, and Double Trouble Live. The collection also includes radio editions of Lady Luck and Power Play as some bonus tracks, as well as the cover of the mountain classic Mississippi Queen. I love hearing you tell to do a Molly Hatchet story because it sounds very <laughs> legitimate. Mm-hmm. You have a very legitimate Randy. news voice, Aww. and in talking about Molly Hatchet, it's just it's the most legitimate Molly Hatchet has ever sounded. <laughs> Why, thank quite you. Frankly. You should be their PR person. Yeah. <laughs> Why, thank you. Well, I appreciate that. I'll try this for, for David Crosby. So David Crosby said to launch a 14-stop summer European tour in support of his 2017 album Sky Trails. The trek will get underway at the Once in a Blue Moon Festival in Amsterdam on August 25th. It'll then hit cities in Norway, Sweden, Belgium, France, and Italy before ending in London on September 16th. The Rock and Roll Hall of Famer is currently touring across the U.S. with dates scheduled through July 1st in Steamboat Springs, Colorado. He played in New Orleans yesterday, and the concert somehow, the promoter screwed it up and didn't buy any promotion for the show, and they didn't sell any tickets. In New Orleans, (gasps) of all places, I mean... You had one job, Rick. So he started (laughs) tweeting out, uh, every show on this tour is sold out. This one, we didn't sell any tickets. If anybody wants to come see us play tonight, we're at the Joy Theater. Joy Theater is like Mr. Smalls. Maybe a little bigger. Maybe a little bigger. And uh, he was confounded. He was tweeting out yesterday. He's just sitting in New Orleans. He had a concert and probably only sold 150 tickets and was kind of like, what is going on? But that is the one good thing about media today, about the social media uh, landscape. You can put the bat signal out. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So he can go out there and uh, tell people what's going on. Also... 
I would imagine if he called whatever classic radio station is classic rock radio station is down in New Orleans and just went on and started, you know, doing a long form interview, he would have moved a few hundred tickets. So mm-hmm. I wonder what he ended up doing there. Mm. That is brutal. Somebody would, would have to do some explaining. Yeah, after somebody that got one. fired yesterday. Well, Ooh. on a much lower, lower, mm-hmm. lower level, when I was like in a struggling, uh, you know, a torn around rock band back in the days, we got booked. In Ohio State, at a bar. Did you? On a, well, well, it's not a fun story. <laughs> Where do you hear the and, end of yeah. this story? And so, well, we would tour around. We had like a four-hour circle around where we lived in Erie, and we would tour, we would basically go anywhere there on a weeknight because we figured we can all make it back for work the next day. So we had a Thursday night in Columbus. Adding insult to injuries, like we had to drive back. We get there, no posters up. No bar owner had no idea what was going on. The promoter's like, uh, no, it's booked, and we're. Walking into a bar with our equipment, a guy goes, I mean, go ahead and play. Oh, no, that's the worst. So that's we had just the worst. like, you know, 30 friends coming uh, and we're like, OK, well, I mean, we got to play. We're going to keep the TVs on. Is that cool? It was one. Of, it was like the most hilarious disaster because we're <laughs> and it was like not a great venue. And we were pushed into the corner and we were like, why are we doing this? It seems like we're doing this just to spite that guy for not promoting this. <laughs> I mean, you just described about seven years of my stand-up career. Oh. And that's why stand-up comedians are listening to this like, that sounds like a dream gig. Yeah. 30? You actually got booked? Yeah. Uh, right. Because in stand-up, like, the, the default setting is this is a horrific situation. Because most of the time you were at some restaurant and you were basically springing a comedy show on people. So people are looking up from their meatloaf like, oh, a comedy show. I hate it. The one I liked is what in L.A. where they do it in the uh, laundromat. Yeah. I think that's a great idea. The laundromat. That's a nice LA, cap. Everything's cool in L.A., though. Right. You, you know what I mean? It's not the True. people that go to the laundromat here. Well, you say it's you like, can't go up to the one in Allentown and do it? No. Do a set real quick? No. Why not? They would not be interested at all. No. I wasn't aware of that. I thought that would be a great venue anywhere. Well, I mean, it's just, I, I remember going and like doing a gig I did a gig at Mario's, mm-hmm. and it was one of the worst gigs I've ever done in my. They put me really? in that breakfast nook right oh. to the side of the door, oh, dude. That's yeah. We, it looks like you might be a plant. Yeah, oh. there was a Penguins game on and a uh, a, a an NFL Monday Night Football game on. They didn't oh. turn. Oh, they didn't turn the TVs off. Oh. I got heckled through my best joke at no. the time, where about the Pittsburgh airport. This guy, I go. Uh, you know, something sums us up as a city. It's out at the Pittsburgh airport. No, it isn't. Yeah, yeah it is. It is. It is. It's uh, it's out the airport. There's two statues. No, there isn't. I swear to God, there's two statues. This is not subjective. There's two statues. And then I've never ended a show like this. But as soon as I get done, I just ripped the cord out, started wrapping Did it up, and left with the speakers from the, from the nook and walked outside oh, and left. It would have been great if you could have done that while the microphone was still working. <laughs> right. So you could have like, <clears throat> excuse me, like, all right, everybody, yeah. Yeah. have a great night. Thanks, yeah. that's my time. <laughs> oh, my god. It would be great if my microphone still worked when I was at home so I could just oh, ruin the right? people at the bars night. <laughs> And your stand-up is incredible. Oh, you are stop. hilarious. Yeah, you, are. you are so talented. You're the best. Seen you many times. That's just that's just not fair. I mean, you're no. just, that's but that's just but that's not, not uncommon right. for a comic, right? You know? Have to go through it's that, just, right? No, no, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's Nunzio's knuckle rooms for ten years. Mm-hmm. You have not watched the Showtime show. I'm dying up here. No. And the second season starts with a 
they like three of them branch out from LA to do a small little tour of those kind of clubs. Yeah, and they had ju- you know two of them had done the Tonight Show, so they thought, oh, these are going to be great shows, and they're just all those kind of rooms. They're all just horrible audiences. Nobody's paying attention. Other things are going on. The owner of the club comes out and goes, well, we're going to have a big meatloaf dinner here. You know, that kind of stuff. (laughs) Where you're like, should I really, do you, are you sure you want comedy here? I told you, we did that one room. It was a, it was at a bar and the, the stage was 50 feet from the bar and nobody came into the showroom. So there were just the locals at the bar and there was a guy in there who did so much cocaine that he had a bathroom drink. That's awesome. He had a drink <laughs> sitting on the back of the toilet. And I was in there. To, I'm hosting the show, and I go in, and I'm, I'm going to the bathroom in between sets. He comes in, locks the door, and he says, hey, man, do you mind if I, uh, if I do some drugs in here? I'm like, oh, oh, man. go ahead, man. Hurry up. And he goes, do you want some? And I go, nah, I'm good. And he goes, why not? I go, well, a lot of reasons. <laughs> but I guess the main one being it's Monday night <laughs> at 830. I'm all set. <laughs> and that, that's the difference between musicians and comedians is that when you get that gig as a musician and it's crappy, you don't mind being background noise. If, if you're right. going to get paid, if your pay you is not. You can turn into your. You're like, hey, man. Hey, this is practice in uh, front of people. Yeah, jazz audience. It's a paid practice. But especially if you're doing like an acoustic gig, and I did a million of those through college up at Penn State, where it's okay. If nobody's paying attention, you're like, all right, I'm okay with this. I'll just kind of be everybody's background music and I'll get paid. Like, being a comic. Is predicated on them paying attention We're to you. We're very needy. Engagement. We need you to, to listen. The right. art form relies on it. Yeah. You know, music can be mm-hmm. wallpaper, but comedy, uh, not so much. Mm-hmm. So that's that's why I think those ones st- stick out like a sore thumb for you so much, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. You're right. The I, crowd will kind of dictate the flow. Right. And the energy is going to, right. I just did a background noise one where it's like after dinner and, uh, you know, there was no show. There was just like, will you talk for half an hour after dinner? It's like, uh, if the, do you have money? Okay, fine. And they like, <laughs> always take the gig. Right. They, <laughs> they brought me up and nine out of 10 people in the room just kept doing what they were doing. Right. And so I was, all right, I just have to stand here and talk for half an hour. But the only thing worse than that situation is the people who are watching you oh yeah and are just smiling politely never laughing never no. laughing because it's not funny it's it's there's no way to make it funny so there's just people who feel bad for you and are staring at you with pity in their eyes yeah. it's like no just go get more chicken it's fine <laughs> but what did gallagher fine. do back in those days when he had those gigs you can't smash watermelons in front of two people it loses its effect. You might as well just let them come up and do it for you. Well, maybe at that you, point, you you're smash just smaller stuff. You just bring grapes. <laughs> That's what it is. A peach for the big finale. Julie Graham from Channel 2 filling in uh, on news this morning. Thank you so much. Thank you guys for having me. Sean Collier is going to be uh, giving you the review you want to hear about Hans Solo. Hans. Hans. I don't know why they had to change the name for the German market. I thought it translated fine. Uh, Ali Sadiq is at the Improv this weekend. He'll be live in studio after 8 o'clock. Mike Pursuta coming in next with your sports here on the DVE Morning. DVE Sports. Mike Pursuta's got your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show. Mike. Art Rooney II reacting again yesterday to the NFL's national anthem policy and all the reaction to that. It has been widespread and uh, not a lot of people are happy about it. Art Rooney acknowledging uh, in a meeting with three local reporters yesterday that they weren't going to come up with something that everybody was happy with. So they 
uh, in Art's estimation, did the best they could. And uh, we'll see where it goes. Uh, Art also issued a statement yesterday that said, in part, I'm proud of how our team stuck together last season, even though I know there are forces outside our building and locker room trying to pull people apart. Uh, he thinks the Steelers are going to handle this without any major issues, and guard Ramon Foster does as well. We heard a lot from Ramon yesterday on that subject, and uh, he reiterated uh, his stance that the Steelers will deal with this appropriately yesterday after OTA number three. Us personally, I feel like we'll handle it like pros. It won't be a, a situation for us. It'll, it'll be work as usual for us. You know, other teams, we'll see what happens. I'm sure when the summer breaks on, everybody will voice their opinions, and I'm sure it'll be a highlight the opening day. Um, our thing is just minimize the issue. You know, we're there to play a game. You know, I know we have one hell of a platform in the sense that guys or people look for us, you know, for to be the voice of reason. But on this one, um, what do you do? You risk losing your job, risk getting fined, risk, you know, making, you know, uh, making a, a livelihood for your, your, your family or you play the game. Um, we'll see. Foster speaking yesterday, offensive tackle Alejandro Villanueva declined to speak to reporters. A lot of people wanted to talk to him yesterday, and uh, he decided he had nothing to say. As he told us walking by, uh, I'm fresh out of clickbait, or words to that effect. Well, because he was co-opted and his image was co-opted last year by uh, people in organizations who he did not endorse and people spouting ideas who he did not endorse. And he said, I fought for their right to protest. I recognize it and support it, but that's not something I'm going to do. It means something different to me. Uh, and I'm paraphrasing, of course. Right. Artie Burns yesterday, though, kind of broke ranks with what we heard from Ramon Foster. Okay, I didn't speak to Artie. Uh, Jeremy Fowler did, and uh, he had some different viewpoints. Your whole team out there, you come jogging out like, oh, he's the guy that's, you know, that's, who want to go through that, man? That's humiliating, that's humiliating us, you know, as a person, you know, because we trying to, you know, stamp or something, but you single us out in front of everybody, you know, you talk about bullying, man, that's bullying, man. Yeah, so he said he was talking about the new policy, which would require you to stay in if you wanted to protest the anthem. He's saying that doesn't fix it because now everybody's going to be calling you out as you run out of the locker room. Uh, he said So he didn't see it as a fix. I thought that was unusual. It wasn't like Artie protested last year or has ever spoken up about anything like this in the past. So uh, it seemed to be uh, th- that's a, a different look for Artie Burns. Yeah, and this is going to be something. That, and it uh, caused almost no waves around here, by the way. Like, nobody was really talking about that. No. That's no, first I heard it. Me uh, too. I, I think, you know, in the preseason games, everybody's going to be paying attention to it. In uh, the regular season openers, everybody is going to be paying attention to it. And then after that, I think it's kind of going to be what it will be, right? I mean, I, I don't think a guy's going to wake up on uh, week five on Sunday morning in Green Bay and say, you know what, I'm going to stay in the locker room today. I think they're going to either do what they do, you know, one way or the other they're going to do right. it from the beginning. I think it's awesome. going to require each team to kind of get together with their leadership committees and say, like, how are we going to handle this? Because let's be unified about this. That's why I wonder if Ramon Foster is going to go, hey, Artie, come here. I wonder what's going to happen there because he Ramon seemed to make it sound like, and I have no reason to think it's going to be otherwise, that this team will move, march in lockstep yeah. going forward as it pertains to the anthem. They were they were really pissed at the way it turned out post-Chicago, 
and were adamant that that was not supposed to be some huge protest. It was a plan gone awry. They were trying not to get involved. They didn't want to make a statement, right? Artie wasn't saying he's staying in, right? He just said it make if you do stay in, it's going to make you look bad. Yes, he said. Um, he, he said it makes you look bad. The whole team is out there, and you come jogging out. Oh, he's the guy that's protesting. Who wants to go through that? That's humiliating as a person. He said you try to take a stand for something, and he said that that's he said that's bullying. That's when they, I don't even understand that. He's saying they're putting you in a position to be bullied. I guess is what he's trying to say there. But um, I feel bad for the guy who has a hard time getting his compression socks on. He's like, wait, no, I wasn't. I just that's it. I mean, imagine that I some guy like difficulty tying my, tie my cleats, <laughs> screaming at the trainer, tape faster. <laughs> Come on, guys, I'm gonna get crushed out there. People go running out, like putting on their shirts, and <laughs> one shoe on, saluting. <laughs> Week one of OTAs concluded yesterday. That's six practices and counting for third round quarterback Mason Rudolph. And uh, if you recall, after the rookie minicamp, we heard from wide receiver Marcus Tucker talk about how he's got command of the huddle and leadership skills. Uh, we heard this week Ben Roethlisberger say that Rudolph doesn't seem to have any issues in the huddle, seems to be doing really well. This guy looks the part of the quarterback. He he seems to be central casting at ease being that guy. And uh, Rudolph talked a little bit about that yesterday. I'm still getting to where I feel comfortable. I think I, I am just naturally. That's the way I feel when I get in the huddle. I want to be, you know, I want to be clear, make sure I'm enunciating stuff for the guys. But uh, had some mistakes today that, you know, I went back. But uh, it's, it's a work in progress. I've, I've always felt like when I know it, that's when I'm at my best, just like anything else in the world. So um, it's still a work in progress. But Definitely feel comfortable throwing the ball. A lot, a lot of playmakers out here. And he uh, also talked yesterday about getting better, making progress as this uh, whole thing continues. He feels a lot better now than he did at the start of rookie minicamp and definitely at the start of the week. Oh, I feel great, yeah. I think uh, the strides I've made you know, since rookie camp, obviously you got the vets here, so it's a different brings a different element of competitiveness. But uh, it's been fun, man, seeing the – Seeing the guys fly around and, and throwing the ball around and, and, and uh, making some plays. One of the things we heard about Mason Rudolph before he got here was that uh, based on the offense at Oklahoma State, he didn't make a lot of reads. He didn't go through progressions. It was kind of look at the sideline, see a picture of Daffy Duck, throw it to that guy. <laughs> One of those college spread offenses. Grip uh, it and rip it. <laughs> Rudolph insists he is he's making the reads and, and running through everything here. He is not forcing the ball to his buddy James Washington. The uh, wide receiver from Oklahoma State taken on the second round. He's, if he's the guy that should get it, then he gets it. Otherwise, somebody else gets it. Uh, here's Rudolph talking about that and how that progression thing might relate to one Antonio Brown. Do you do you go through the progressions and throw it to AB, or do you decide, all right, on this down, I'm throwing it to AB? <laughs> I, I think I think Ben would say yes. I think I think you've seen plenty of that over their careers, um, but. Uh, no, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna be diligent about my, my progressions, my my preparation, the way I, you know, progress through plays, and and uh, obviously when he's in, there's definitely an emphasis on getting in the ball. He's an unbelievable playmaker, and he he gets those big chunk plays for us. You understand that when you don't throw it to him, he's gonna come and <laughs> Yeah, no doubt, and we'll we'll have that conversation when it, when, it, when we cross the bridge. So yeah, he's a pretty sharp kid, Rudolph, and uh, he he was. Beating himself up a little bit. They had some center quarterback exchange issues at the end of practice yesterday. And uh, after, 
before he did that interview, he was out there getting some extra work on snaps. So he's off and running. Ben should be really nervous. He's probably not going to hold his job much past the second or third preseason game. <laughs> Joke. Sarcasm in case anybody pick up on that. Heard a comedy. But the kid looks good. He, good. What you want to see so far. Uh, Pirates lose to the Reds 5-4. to four. That's uh, 5 out of 6 on the downside. They open a three-game series against St. Louis at PNC Park tonight. And it is the Pirates' debut of Joe Musgrove. Oh, look at that. Joe Musgrove era is ushered in. Pitcher acquired in the Garrett Cole trade. How's that working out? Uh, Colin Moran, the third baseman, was part of that trade. He's got four home runs. He's hitting two sixty-seven. Michael Feliz, reliever, was part of that trade. He's got 26 strikeouts in 20 and two-thirds innings. A couple of saves. ERA's 3.92. Not bad. Garrett Cole is 5-1 and one with a 1.86 ERA. 17 walks and 101 strikeouts in 67 and two-thirds innings. It's crazy. It's ridiculous. He is in fuego. And you know so is Uncle Charlie. Yeah, and Garrett Cole at 5-1 and one is number four among Astros pitchers in victories. Charlie Morton, 7-0. and oh. Lance McCullers is 6-2. and two. And Verlander, Justin Verlander, 6-2. and two. Ground Chuck no more. He's I, That squad is ridiculous. Yeah, they really needed Garrett Cole. Well, he might still be ground chucked. They might be, you know, grounded into double plays and stuff like that. He's not being ground up anymore. Well, he's he's got a lot of different pitches, man. The the highlights that I've been seeing. Is he striking people out now, though? I know. Yeah. In 61 and two-thirds. Yeah, dude. Dude, crazy. Did anyone else get the ticket offer in the mail? They sent cards around. It said, hey, we know that, uh, you know, April was rough. It was so cold that you didn't come to the ballpark. And everyone thought, yeah, that was why. It was the weather. Yeah. I think, it, was, mm-hmm. I think sure. it partially was. No, it was. They're well, just trying to shift that narrative yeah. a little bit. My wife and I go on Sunday. Well, that'll change it. I think it's going to be cold. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's a Sunday on a holiday weekend. Why not? Why wouldn't, you know? Right. It, it's got nothing to do with how they're doing, but they're interesting. Right. I feel like I should go tonight. I'm really curious to see mm-hmm. how uh, Musgrove does. But you can watch We it. need him to be good. You can watch it on TV, too. All right. Uh, on the way for you, when we return from this commercial break, Sean Collier reviews Han Solo. Uh, what is it called officially? Solo, a Star Wars story. Aha. And uh, also, Ali Sadiq is uh, at the Improv all weekend long. He'll be in Studio 815. Ali, a unique comedy trajectory, did a uh, six years of uh, 15-year prison sentence for trafficking cocaine. And much like uh, Joey Diaz, found how funny he could be while he was in prison and uh, came out. And now he's one of Comedy Central's rising stars. Last year's like one to watch from Comedy Central. Comeback comic of the year for sure. He's on you. Well, he was the number one comic to watch in 2014. Way to turn things around. Yeah. Yeah. That's fantastic. So Ali Sadiq will be in studio after 8 o'clock. And uh, also the local performing live for you after nine. Want to remind you, DVE Comedy Fest. We added the third show, Doug Benson's Doug Loves Movies podcast, performed live Saturday, June 30th at 4.20 p.m. There's a reason it starts at 4.20. And if you know Doug Benson, you know why. Doors are at 3 o'clock. Tickets are available right now at DVE.com. It's the DVE Morning Show. And uh, Sean Collier is with us this morning. And 
big movie out, of course, for oh, the yeah. holiday weekend, and lots of press leading up to this, the sure. new Han Solo movie. Tell us all about it, please. So when Disney bought the rights to Star Wars, they started working on not just episodes 7, 8, and 9, but other stories within the Star Wars universe, because that's Disney's motto. If we are not making money off of it every year until the sun explodes, we have not <laughs> <Right>. done enough. <laughs> and the first of those was Rogue One which was kind of a, a side quest from the main storyline, that worked really well. They introduced these single-use characters. They told a, a nice, self-contained story. They tied it back to the main series, but not too much. It was good. It worked well. So, of course, they're not doing that again because that would have been better for me, personally. <laughs> Disney is a movie studio, and no movie studio can go too long without saying, let's do an origin story. Right. Despite the fact that origin stories are usually not that interesting and sometimes hurt the characters more than help them. I'm still bitter about Rob Zombie's Halloween. He <laughs> ruined everything. I'll still go see you with Marilyn Manson this summer. Stop making movies. <laughs> Hollywood just loves explaining how a thing became a thing. Right. And yep. so here we are with the, the Han Solo origin story. You know, all of the cool bits about Han that were just a reference in the original movies, how he won the Millennium Falcon from Lando, he made the Kessel Run in less than 12 parsecs. Yeah, did you want to see every detail about those stories slowly no. and thoroughly? Mm -mm. Did you want to hear even more explanation of minutia? Do you need to know why Han calls Chewbacca Chewie, even though that's kind of just the natural nickname for someone named Chewbacca? We've got a scene about that. Do you want to know how Han Solo got his name? We're going all the way back to his name. Now, I've, I've, Bill, I've known you for a while. Have you ever thought to ask me, why do you have your name? Never. No, because not once. that's not interesting yeah, and but no I, one cares. But we both know your origin story. Well, yes. Your dad Are is, you was telling it on the radio. Or, I, okay, that's fair. I have been asked if I'm Predator many times. Yes, exactly. I am, I am Predator. Can I just, can I just uh, ask you a question at the risk of it being a spoiler alert? Please. Um, did he get his nickname Chewy because Han Solo was eating other Chewbaccas and they were Chewy? <laughs> that, that would be... No, there's a whole... And, uh, did he call him Chewer first and then he's like, ah, the ER doesn't really fit? I'm going to praise it in a moment. There's a whole scene where he's like, Chewbacca, that's too long. I'm going to have to call you Chewy. It's like, yeah, that's what I assumed. We didn't. <laughs> that's not. Is that the real scene? Yeah, that, that's unbelievable. They're in the middle of something. They have a little talk about it. It's, that, wow. I, I I don't think we needed to cover that. Now now look, that's a parade of negativity. Yeah. But, so Hansel is like a hockey player. Everybody gets a Y on the end of it. You shorten it and put <laughs> Chewy, a Y on there. Chewer, Honey. Loki, Bobby, Bobby. Bobby. Hey, Layla, Lia. Got to watch out for that Boba Fetter. I like I like Bobby because it's one one away from Bobby. Now he's Eastern European. It's great. Bobby. Uh, the movie's not actually bad. Or it is fine. It is okay. It's not an interesting subject, but they do okay with it. And that's mainly because of the excellent cast. The big triumph, of course, is Donald Glover as Lando Calrissian. Does a great job, and and he's pansexual, right? Yes, they I have, like this. They have made Lando, and I think Lando was referring to the fact that. Once you get all of the creatures and aliens in there, you don't know really what you're doing and who's got yeah. a what and where. Can't the... be picky. No. So he'll just have sex with any alien creature in the Star Wars bar. I don't think Jabba the Hutt has equipment that you would recognize at first glance. You yeah. can't be like, that's one of those. No, it's fine. It's, it's, and yes, Lando is. Also, we've never been told, do all uh, Jabba's or is it Hutt's? Do they all. 
get that big, or did he just let himself go? Like, is he an obese hut or an obese job? He's definitely obese. I think they start in that shape, which is kind of sideways focused to begin with. He's taken it a little far. Because remember Chet in Weird Science? Yeah. All right, maybe that's the, like when he turns into the alien thing there, maybe that's the original size of the Jabba's. Isn't and, he like a pile of poop? <laughs> what is he? It's something like that. That yeah. I'd be excited if they said, we're doing the Java origin story, and they just showed weird science. <laughs> then I'd be on board. <laughs> Donald, it, it, I mean, that's perfect casting for If Lando. Jabba the Hutt said, you're stewed, buttwad, in that, in that weird language. Uh, uh, I, I can't think of other times when I've liked casting that much. There's some. It's like Jim Carrey as Andy Kaufman. Or Jack Black as a Kung Fu Panda. That is just perfect casting to get uh, Donald Glover to play Lando. Alden Ehrenreich does fine as Han Solo. He had to kind of split the difference and not do too much of an imitation, but not reinvent the character either. He handled that just right. Supporting cast is good. Woody Harrelson, Thandi Newton, Paul Bettany, Amelia Clark. John Favreau has a voice role. Paul Bettany's in it? Paul Bettany's in it. Uh, and that that was a late change. There was some conflict with a a, a villain character. They got Paul Bettany, who nailed uh, it. Did I, really really well. I'm I'm confusing Paul Bettany with Paul Dano. Okay, no, Paul Dano is not in it at all. We've I would love it if there. Paul Dano was in it. He well, he, he would be great in one of these Star Wars movies. Can He's, you have him and Adam Driver in the same universe, or do they just collide and explode? Oh, Paul Dano's better than Adam Driver, don't you think? Is he? I think so. I, don't, I think Adam Driver's come. No, Paul Dano has that crazy, compelling. I'm insane and you can't stop watching. Yeah, anything. like Paul Dano will do the weird Jim Jarmusch type movies and get way out there probably mm-hmm. as his career moves on. And Adam Driver will continue to bring the weirdness mainstream. Right, right. The, the Dano uh, will the go Christopher Walken. Yes, uh, uh, right. And, and Dano will he'll, he'll go away for seven years and then he'll get nominated for the next. He thing. was so, Paul Dano was so good in that Brian Wilson movie, which I didn't think was all that good. Yeah. But he nailed it. He was so good. And John Cusack was just too weird of a casting choice. That Uh, sunk the movie, I thought. Speaking of uh, uh, good casting, sometimes it makes no sense. And that was one of those times. I thought it was a weird choice to play Brian Wilson as pansexual. Yeah. There's a lot of instruments to have sex with in that wrecking crew room, Bill. Uh, As I said, I don't think it's a really captivating movie just because there isn't enough drive to the plot, they're just hitting these points in Han Solo's life and explaining things. It's good when it's good. It's boring when it's not. And it's long. It's about 220 and it feels See, that's where that. they screw up. Yes. That's Hour and a half. Yeah. 90 minutes, boys. You know what we got to start having you do is review uh, Netflix releases that come out. Not necessarily even movies, but mm-hmm. like that they made, but movies that are debut. One movie that, that they debuted, I think, last week is the Ed Helms movie, The Clapper. Oh, yeah. That's recent. Tracy Morgan is in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, As seen on TV. The girl from Big... What is, what yeah. is it about? It, um, it's about a guy who's like uh, an extra in a lot of movies, and he's always the guy in the background clapping in infomercials mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Oh, that's I, hilarious. I was just making a joke about the thing that turns the lights off. Oh, no. I think it's literally... I thought that was like the subtitle of the movie. Like the clapper as seen on TV. Oh look, I've done a couple of them. We did. We talked about Cargo last week and that uh, uh, Adam Devine movie that was really terrible. Well, that's why I wanted review. to ask yeah. you because I uh, I could not believe how bad it was. Oh, the clapper. And, and I went. I got six, seven minutes in, and I was like, so star-studded. Lee Remini is in it. Yeah. It was Alan. What the hell's his name? Thick's last movie. Oh, okay. He played an infomercial guy in it, and it was so bad. I could. I, it always confounds me when there's that many. Big names involved with something, and it's garbage. Netflix hasn't figured out how to be discerning about that yet. Did they you, just want the original program. Did yeah, you see how much stuff. Netflix is worth? 
They surpassed Disney yesterday. They just paid $125 million for a movie, for a Michael Bay uh, action movie with Ryan Reynolds. And how many, I pay them $10 a month. How many people have to be paying yeah, them? Their valuation is like $170 trillion. Yeah. Wow. Wait, that sounds wow. a little inflated. <laughs> the interesting thing was... Is, is Netflix like basically Bitcoin right now or what's happening? <laughs> I don't understand it. They showed me that Game Over Man, the Adam Devine movie. So they, they agreed to show me that and it was the worst movie of the year in a while. Is that the one where he... he his friend was getting married or whatever? No, it's like a diehard spoof. Okay. And that they agreed to show me. When I asked them to show me the Adam Sandler, Chris Rock one, they were like, no, we can't let critics see that. How bad must that have been if they showed me the worst thing I've seen in a year? It Those, must be bad. That Netflix Adam Sandler deal is is baffling. Any, Nef- anyway. Netflix uh, went above Disney for a little while on Tuesday, yeah. but now they're not anymore. $153 billion. Wow. Wow, my goodness. Solo is fine. You'll have an okay time. And But uh, Randy, to answer your big question, unfortunately, we do not spend any time on the Wookiee planet in this <laughs> What film. is the Wookiee planet? Kashyyyk. Kashyyyk. Yes. I think. But I will tell you this. Chewbacca, not the only Wookiee in the film. We do see more hey. than one Wookiee. And Han briefly speaks the Wookiee language. Han talks in the Wookiee noises. I, okay, so I got to see it for that alone. It's not a flemmed up hairball caught in Chewie. They all talk <laughs> no. that way. Good theory. Apparently those are actual words. <laughs> I really want to see that Chewie movie, and I think America does. Somebody needs to get on this. Does Lando Agreed. have sex with the other Wookiee? Uh, not on screen, but I would not be surprised. He's got a lot of charisma. Wookiee style? <laughs> that's, that's the Wookiee just keeps throwing you up in the air for a while, and then you're done. All right, so Boba Fett is the next Star Wars. Uh... Bo- Boba Fett was announced. I think the uh, young uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi movie is is happening. And then episode nine, the big one, is the end of next year. So what, uh, did Boba Fett have like a lot of dialogue, or did he only say like a couple of words? Oh, no, Empire, he might have had one or two lines and was flying around. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and Return of the Jedi uh, is basically he, get, he gets killed in the, spoiler alert, I think we can spoil Return of the yeah. Jedi. It's 1983. Yeah. yeah. He gets killed pretty quickly in the movie. That's all about the suit. People, I have, I've People got, love I've got the a suit. cookie jar of the helmet sitting on my side table. People yeah. just love the look of it. It's a cool helmet. It's a cool helmet. That's it. That whole character is yeah. a cool helmet. They like the backstory, but in the actual movie, he's not really a player. And he was in the prequels. That I, I always go back to Patton's bit. Uh, uh, I don't care where the stuff I love from comes from. I just love the stuff that I love, which was something that he did before the new ones were out. Just blasting in the uh, prequels. You get to see Darth Vader as a little kid. I don't want that. And then Boba Fett shows up and you get to see him as a little kid. I don't want that either. Then they're building the Death Star. Is it done? No, you just see him building it. I don't care. I would love to laying out the blueprint for it. Yeah. I would love to oh, have uh, like a, a, an exit polling of mm-hmm. people who go and see these movies and they didn't know anything about it, but because it's the hot movie, they yeah. had to go. And they're like, I know what Star Wars is, but I don't I don't know all the storylines, but I'll go to this one. Mm-hmm. Or I don't know uh, what Avengers is. I never read the comic book. Yeah. I know all the comic book characters. I've heard them. Right. And when they come out of it, are they like, that was great? Or are they like, what did I just watch? But they still <laughs> yeah. go to the movie. That didn't happen with Black Panther. I know that. Just Black Panther was awesome. Make it stand on its own, and everyone's happy. 
Sean Collier, Pittsburgh Magazine. More to come uh, when we return. Julie Grant from Channel 2 filling in for Val with your news. And comedian Ali Sadiq live in Center 11. All right. And uh, the news this hour is brought to you by Channel 11 News on Fox 53. And uh, comedian Ali Sadiq will be making his way in here momentarily. But filling in for Val with your news this morning from Channel 2, it's our friend Julie Grant. Thank you so much. And she brought cookies, which are ridiculously yeah. delicious. Oh, so good. good. So good to be with you guys. Thanks for having me. Love your show. You guys are the best. That's so nice of you. All right. To get to your news this morning. So the Department of Environmental Protection is now monitoring that coal spill in the Monongahela River after several barges broke three yester- broke free yesterday. Mm-hmm. Now, officials are saying that 15 barges loaded with coal broke loose near the Rankin Bridge. Officials also say two of them sank. Three struck the bridge before they were secured. Mm-hmm. And inspection crews then checked out the Rankin Bridge before they reopened it to traffic following the incident. So that was that quite can't a be a good yesterday. thing. No. no, can't be a good thing at all. We do have a racing stripe on our river now, though. <laughs> that looked pretty cool. Well, we, I just don't know how this affects the uh, in the environment, and we already have a lot of issues in Pittsburgh with air quality and water quality, and I don't know how that affects wildlife and uh, yes. all, you know there this might be a lot worse than uh, anybody's imagining it right now. Mm-hmm. I hope it's not. I mean, right? It can't be worse than it was, though, when the mills were fired up. You, you know what I mean? Like- well, I think they were just <laughs> dumping everything into the rivers then. So, yeah, yeah you're probably right. But uh, I don't have firsthand knowledge of uh, how bad it was. I back mean, then. it's you not have good. There was, like, one of those history in pictures, shots of, of Pittsburgh from the Cathedral of Learning. Yeah. Like, with downtown in the background. Yeah. And um, was the yeah, what year was the Cathedral of Learning put up? 31 or something like yeah, that? Yeah, oh, early. Sorry, I'm not sure. Early early 1900s. The smoke like just sort of billowing all around like in the horizon back then. Oh yeah. My grandma has oh. stories. They lived up on the hill in Greenfield and the the J&R Coke plant would fire up and basically ring these huge like alarms so that everybody would bring their clothes in off the line because it was going to start raining soot. Oh, wow. People went through like three or four shirts a day. Sure. Just, just walking around, there would be like a ring around your neck right. of oh, just right. dirt. Imagine how everybody uh, just everybody must have smelled so bad back then, but you were desensitized <laughs> to it. Like when you watch the old movies and everyone's wearing like wool suits and smoking cigars. You know that everybody had to stink. <laughs> Humphrey Bogart had to smell like four-day ham. Oh, my Just, God. Uh. And here's the thing. like, Even if you see pictures of poor people, they're wearing suits. Yeah. That's everybody what you had a suit. Now, they probably only had the one and wore it every day. Again, smelling Smell. horribly. Yeah. Because whatever you get in that tweet, it's staying. <laughs> You can't get that out. I'll take it to the dry cleaners, which hasn't been built yet, and I can't afford. No. There wasn't even a refrigerator back then. Air it out outside. You know, just yellow smoke from the mills is coming through. Okay, bring it back in. Honey, fart on this to to make it smell better, please. (laughs) You guys are hilarious. Okay. Um, all right. So thankfully, nobody is hurt after a car crashed into a Hallmark store in Castle Shannon on Thursday. Investigators say the vehicle hit the store. This is in the 300 block of Mount Lebanon Boulevard. Officials think the driver might have forgotten to put her car in park, then placed her foot on the gas instead of the brake. The driver was taken to a hospital, though, to be evaluated. Poor lady. So yeah. thankfully, no one was hurt with that. Hallmark is, is not a drive through is there a card for that that she could buy? There? <laughs> Sorry, I drove into your store. Right. <laughs> right. 
So Carrie Fisher is being honored this morning in Hollywood. The late actress posthumously received a plaque in front of the TCL Chinese Theater. Her brother, Todd Fisher, unveiled and dedicated the plaque in her honor. The ceremony is being held where the original Star Wars movie debuted in 1977 and where dedicated fans are currently camping out before the release of the franchise's latest film, Solo, which Sean Collier was just so kind enough to review for us. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. Good for Carrie <laughs> yeah. Fisher, though. <laughs> I love her. The movie, okay. She's, She's so great. great. Yeah. Oh. She was awesome. Yeah. Did you ever see Postcards from the Edge? I did not. Meryl Streep's in it, and it's kind of like a loose biography. Mm-hmm. Carrie Fisher. Yeah. Highly recommend it. If, uh, if you're new to uh, lo- loving what Carrie Fisher did, you got to check yeah. that movie out for sure. Good stuff. All right. Do one more for us there. Sounds good. Okay. So, um, or do you have one more? Oh, I do. I have lots more. I'm okay. thinking which one to do. Let's see here. All right. How about this one? You guys will like this. So the 30 year old upstate New York man who was evicted from his parents' house is oh, getting yeah. a job offer and a starting bonus from an Italian restaurant. Michael Rotondo's parents offered to help him move out in February by offering $1,100 and giving him a two week notice. Then Rotondo took his parents to court saying that he needed six months. He is reportedly a father who does not have a job. So Villa Italian Kitchen is offering Rotondo a job now, and they're giving him a starting bonus of $1,101, which is $1 more than his parents offer. The COO of the restaurant brand says the company feels for millennials and understands that life isn't easy. Who's paying this kid's legal fees? Seriously. (laughs) Don't lump us in with this guy. (laughs) Right. I have four jobs. That's right. She, I, I, that's, this is not a case of millennial god bad. This is a case of this guy has gone to more lengths than anyone in the history of the country to avoid ever leaving the couch. It seems like it's like a bit. Yeah. Like yeah. He, this isn't a real thing and it's just played out because even when you see him, you're like, you don't mean any of this. You're not. This is not a real argument. It sounds like something you would threaten after your parents threatened to kick you out. I'll take you to court. Right. You can't kick me out. You're Julie, 30. <laughs> Julie Grant from uh, Channel 2, thanks so much for uh, uh, for being here this morning. Thanks, Randy and Bill, for having me. Our next guest uh, is at the Improv all weekend long, and uh, he was named the number one comic to watch from Comedy Central just a couple of years ago. Ali Sadiq is here. Ladies and gentlemen, yeah. Ali, what's going on, man? How are you? Um, I'm good. <laughs> you, you a millennial? Oh, yeah. I'm 33. Wow. Yeah. Oh, okay. Wow. Dope. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like yeah, I think y'all the only group I ever heard, you know, embrace the title. We didn't. Mm-hmm. My group didn't do that. So like, you're what? You're about my age. You're at forty five. Yep. Yeah. Yep. We didn't. We did you embrace? I think we were gen. We're, we were racing X. Gen, we, gen X. And we never. Did you ever address yourself like that? No. Never. Like I don't. I don't even understand millennials. <laughs> like I, I have one. I think they. I think they totally retarded. They even. <laughs> like my son is a millennial. He's yeah. twenty four. I'm like, are you actually? claiming that like what what's y'all deal like what is it a nice phrase or something like I, what is a millennial like what is it in in terms of what do we what do we think what do we do like who are y'all like <laughs> like what is it anybody from what 1980 Somebody. to 1995 <laughs> yeah there's like an age bracket 1980 1980 to like 95 that's what i've heard i just missed the cut thank god yeah wow what is the, what is the what before that I don't Gen, know. Gen Y. That's, that's what I am. Gen Y. Gen Y. But I never, ever said that. 
I never even knew that till I was just this minute right now. I didn't. <laughs> like, like, I think I it's no like idea. a badge of honor with millennials. Like, I think it's, they think they got a cool name. They just go with it. For I me, think, I, was, I was I was sick of you know every story about us was bad. That we ruined Applebee's and we ruined Best Buy and we ruined home buying and we ruined fast food and millennials aren't doing this. And so then I it, it seemed like all right, we've got to we've got to actually represent ourselves. Because every story written by someone in their 50s is how we're screwing things up. I always think those labels are such BS anyways because they're, they always think of like, you know, every label you think of lowest common denominator type stuff where yeah. with millennials you get lumped into the like hot, the new tech, low right. work ethic kind of person. Meanwhile, there's plenty of people your age who are working on farms in Iowa right now, yeah. busting their ass. Yeah. You know, people mm-hmm. going to work on construction sites every day who are 32 going, mm-hmm. I'm a millennial. Screw you guys. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I know people who didn't even know they were, that what they were, what they were. They were like, "What? What is that? <laughs> Thirty six. I've been working my whole life. What do you mean?" Exactly. Yeah, I don't know. Ali Sadiq is here, and you have a pretty interesting comedy trajectory. Now, I was telling people earlier, I'm like, this kind of reminds me of Joey Diaz's story. You got wrapped up in some stuff early on. You got sent to prison, and is that where you found comedy? Like when you were serving? Nah, it, it's it's I. I hate these write-ups. Like these write-ups really just kill me. They, they you don't act, like having that as a because uh... nah, they act like it was a, like a comedy program in prison or something. And like <laughs> I, I, I never get it, man. It, and it puts me in a space all the time. Yeah. Like, so you found stand up in prison? Like uh, there's not a program. Just don't, don't go to prison. Think you gonna get it on? Oh, I would like the comedy yeah. program. Ali was in it. Stand up workshop. He's, he's on Comedy Central, so um, obviously it's a good program. And I'm I'm not even a comic, man. I'm just a, a regular dude that just talk, man. I just say what's on my mind. It, whatever yeah. comes to my mind, I just talk about it. It happens to be jovial sometimes, and sometimes it's interesting, and sometimes it's just not. I don't. I don't so know. you're a humorist. Yeah, because that's not a comedian. Yeah. Those are two different things. Because I read an article on you on a Houston Chronicle, I think. You're from Houston, right? Yeah. And they were talking about your comedic influences. And they were definitely comedians. I mean, you were Carol Burnett, Benny Hill. I was surprised by the people that you were citing in this. Yeah, but Benny Hill didn't call himself a comedian. He never did stand-up. He was a writer. On, he had a Benny Hill show. Have you ever seen Benny Hill do stand-up? <laughs> it, it was his show. His show was right. hysterical. Mm-hmm. Was, and he Hall was hysterical. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know, you know, as, like, we the same age. What stand-up did you go see growing up? Uh, I, I actually went, any, I grew up in Erie, Pennsylvania, so if there was a stand-up coming through, we went and saw him. So. What? Like, uh, Jay Leno. I went and saw George Carlin. What? How old were you? 11. They were letting you in clubs at 11? <laughs> no, they were playing theaters. <laughs> like, I, we never, we never got, I never went to a comedy show growing up. <laughs> I listened to the albums. Yeah. I watched stuff that was on TV. But you and, guys had Houston's a rich comedy tradition, man. There's a ton of great comics from Houston. Name them. <laughs> Bill Hicks? That's one. Sam Kinison? He's from Austin. But he cut his teeth at that Houston club. What club? I don't know. Whatever one. <laughs> That's the thing. I don't the even one? know what club he was at. People always say that. I don't like what club was he at. Well, there was, was like Ralphie this, from Houston? Supposedly was like Ralphie, Ralphie from? May. Yeah, Ralphie. I, but that's, you know, he's in my era. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, you know, it's the guys in my era, yeah, but before that... I didn't know it. Theo, I can go Theo Vidal, Galveston. You know what I'm saying? People say that a lot. Like, I, I asked, Houston Chronicle did this write up about all these great comics, and they mentioned Bill Hicks. And then the other comics start right there. So, why y'all didn't mention Ali? He's way more decorated than Bill Hicks. Like, right. all these comics, they be named. I'm like, who are they? 
Like, I don't have a bunch of comedy influences from Houston. Like, I didn't. Like, okay. if it you're wasn't, very, you're angry about your Houston. The title. I'm not Houston. angry about anything. I'm saying what I'm saying is the the titles that people give. I'm not in that right. realm. You know, I was dealing dope. I wasn't out going to comedy shows, and I didn't even know. I never seen Bill Hicks. Like, okay. I never seen him. So when people mention him, I pay respect to him, but he's not a comedy influence that I I don't even know nobody who actually seen him do stand up that I personally know. So Maybe because I'm man, black. I I used to uh I found somebody that I went to college with turned me on to him and I started listening and he did this flying saucer tour and I I I had this album of his where he did the Pittsburgh Funny Bone and I thought it was crazy because he's actually bombing and he turns on the audience and it was it became my favorite album of all time because I just love you know as comics we like to see when how's it go when things don't Adversity. go well right yeah like um Bill Burr right. in, Philly, in Philly yeah one of the, legendary one, the legendary, O&A, legendary. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. when he when he just he went left on Philly but I didn't grow up going to stand up I never even saw a actual stand up show growing up I watched TV you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And then when HBO came on, then Rodney Rodney Dangerfield was it was all about him. Then you mm-hmm. had um oh my man, my man, um, who was that? Sammy Davis Jr. You would see them do their thing, but you I wasn't going to actual shows, you know. And I was listening to albums, my dad's albums, but I wasn't seeing I didn't have any, oh, I'm gonna go see it. I listened to it. But when you talk about funny, man, Carol Burnett was hysterical. You just wanted to be Funny. You just so these are like sketch comedians that you really took your your. I don't even know what they. I don't, had no titles. They were just people that was on TV that I thought that was great at what they did, and I was like, yo, because he haw, that was hysterical to me. <laughs> that was hysterical. It was like, why not watch it? And like, and everything they did was funny. I'm like, well, I can do that. But then when I was in prison, it was like, yo, you somebody say something, and you say something that's funny that don't make you a comedy. It just make you. A jovial person and as you keep going you just keep saying they said to the, to the free world this is not funny if i woke up hey ain't nobody going home today that's it doesn't sound funny in the free society because you, you're not locked up right. and when you locked up and somebody comes and say hey ain't nobody going home you're like what if that, it's different would that get you out of jams like if you're if you're funny in jail does that does that man, mean don't, don't do the cliche man please don't do it does please, it please no. don't Please don't do the get you out of jam thing. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I but you never... know what I mean? Everyone's just trying to set you up here. You know, nobody's trying to like pay you in the corner. Everyone's <laughs> no, trying to make you I funny. Always, and we I read up on your bio and then we see, hey, this is probably where his comedy is informed from. And you're acting like we're trying to like, you know, no, I just, like we're just trying here. to help you sell <laughs> tickets, no, man. No, this is this helps me sell tickets because this is my this is how I am. Any cliche, because this is a cliche. Oh, get you out every, you know how many times I've been asked that over a 20 year career? Oh, so you doing stand up, did they get you out of jam? Do I look like I'm a, like I'm physically weak or something? You got, you say that to people. So when people see you, hey, don't give me the cliche. We, I didn't, but the I reason didn't, cliches are cliches is what? because they actually occur a lot. No, the <laughs> reason why that's a cliche because Richard Pryor said it and he's never been to jail. That was why, Rich, because uh, one dude in no, the but show. No, but the idea of comedy being ahead. able to get you out of a jam. You don't think, how many comedians have talked about, oh, uh, and to avoid getting beaten up when I was a kid, mm-hmm. I was funny. You never heard that? Nah, I've seen a lot of people get beat up for trying to be funny. <laughs> 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 Are you trying to be funny? Then they get beat up. 
Like, wait, Steve Brown. Steve Brown just got attacked on stage. He was being hysterical. Dude jumped on stage swinging on him with a microphone. Oh, wait. Get... That, that was... Yeah. Wow, that, you Where should, was that? Wow. You just sent me a video of that. Yeah, Steve. It was like two months ago? Yeah, Steve Brown. And he was being hysterical. Oh, yeah. And dude jumped, dude jumped on it. And just like, I was being funny at the um in Houston. And the case is closed now, so I can talk about it. I was being funny in Houston. Had no idea that I was going to end up beating up four dudes because the dude said, thought I was being offensive, and I wasn't even talking to him. Like, I wasn't, hey, sir, do you know I was not talking to you? Well, don't, be, don't say it, period. Oh, and then he came up on the stage and spit in my face and thought that was going to be a good idea, and, I, and that turned out very, very bad for him. And I was like, yo. <laughs> Did that make the news? Nah, I didn't want it to make the news. I, was, I lost my um, NBC deal behind that. Come on. Yeah. Wow. So yeah, it's it's, it's so you a, had a development with deal with NBC that you lost because some guy heckled you, and you, then when you when you um when you have an open case and they run your thing because you know they do background check. Yeah. Oh, you want to do the show? Let's see what you got going on. Then they like open assault case. We can't put you on TV right now, Ali, with an open assault case. And it was a sad day. We was like, Ooh. and I and I was <laughs> upset behind. Somebody felt felt like. I was saying something that they didn't want to hear, and I wasn't even talking to them. I'm like, yo, sir, I said this three times. Sir, I'm not talking to you. Well, I don't want you. I feel like you're talking to me. Well, okay. <laughs> okay, now I'm talking to you. All right. So audiences this weekend at the Improv should note, you're not talking to them. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Ali <laughs> Sadiq is like at last, the Improv all weekend long. Like last night. It was, it, was, it was a thing. I walk out. I sit down. They like, why is he sitting down? This is my show. I sit down and I talk. It's gonna be hysterical once you once you let me do my business. But they feel like they want to. A lot of people want to see other people. A lot of people want you to be something other than what you are. And I'm just not in that. I'm not in that bracket. I got to where I'm at now for being who I am. Like reading a bio and seeing my stand up is two totally different things. I just right. shot my comedy special in prison. I'm not a dude that's like, oh, I'm this jovial. Thing that you Wait, you shot with. your comedy special in prison? They, they didn't say that on the bio? Yep. Mm -hmm. February 23rd. Then, then why are you getting pissed when we're bringing that up as part of your background? That was like an opportunity <laughs> no, no, no. to go. As a no, matter I, of fact, I, think, I, I shot I, my comedy special I don't in prison. think I, I got upset. I said, he said, did you make jokes to keep yourself out of jams? I was like, no. I, I was never in a jam in prison. So, no. Well, so, I, when I went back. That's refreshing to hear. When I went back to prison to shoot my special is for a reason it wasn't for the jovial side of it it was like hey this is a situation that a lot of people in this world is in, are in no matter what background you come from it's people that's in prison for back child support so i'm trying to bring light to hey this is what happens and what type of situation you can be in when you hit where are you gonna go from here so if you look at my special my special is a lot more deep deeper than just the jokes it's a it's a message to what i'm doing so i don't i don't the prison thing is like the side. That's not the focus. It's the how people get there. Because more people are in mental prisons than physical prisons, which is way deeper. Mental prison is way more dangerous than a physical prison. Because a mental prison can end you up in physical prison. Once you're in physical prison, you just there. You already did what you're going to do. Uh -huh. Mental. There's a lot of people walking around in mental prisons. And they have these ideas of what people are supposed to be. And then sometimes you have to say, hey, that's not what I am. That's not the, re the way it is. And you have to go from there. You know, I was in, a, in an interview. Somebody, everything they wanted to talk to me was about prison. And I only did that bit three years ago. And I've been doing stand-up for 20 years. 
So you kind of don't want to get locked into every conversation right, you right. talk about is about prison or somebody giving you this cliche things. I'm not being disrespectful. I'm being upfront when I talk to people. It, this, my setup is not that. I have way more things right. to talk about than prison. Well, we hadn't met you. Yeah. So we're we're going on what we read on your bio, and and, and I'm mad at whoever whoever sent you. All that. Right. you I'm gonna get on them. You get on them. <laughs> I'm gonna get on Tell them. They wrong for, they wrong for right. sending you that. You need to get on them. Go see Ali Sadiq this weekend. Don't Hopefully, bring up prison. The people that, be that wrote that uh, actually wrote my question for you. I just want to blame <laughs> that on them. Turn that back off to them. Just like I just finished shooting this show for True TV. You know, you know how they want to do the questions before you go on. On hey, mm-hmm. we're gonna have sight for sounds. We're gonna have him talk to you about. All prison things. I say, you know, I just did that on Comedy Central. He's like, oh, so what you want to talk about? Let's talk about me having eight children. Let's talk about that. And he's like, oh. And then when we did that bit, it came out way better than the prison thing. If if your bio would have said, Ali Sadiq, father of eight. Oh, yeah. You yeah. can guarantee I would have asked about that. <laughs> I would like to see this bio that they had on you. The only thing was about prison, sir. Ali Sadiq is at the Improv this weekend. I'm All out of this time. weekend. My apologies. Go check him out. 412-462-5233. Improv.com. And next time you come through the Berg, we'll have a great not prison talk, and we'll talk about, uh, about all kids. the stuff that you're, your kids. kids. And, yeah, because I'm sure you have a lot more to impart on that front. Yes, I have eight of them. <laughs> wow. I have eight of them. Aww. Eight total kids. And all of them are crazy. <laughs> None of them have been to prison. All of them are crazy. <laughs> Ali Sadiq, help him feed those kids this weekend. Buy a ticket. Improv.com. 412-5233. Go out in the 412-462-5233. I will do Mexican have on boots this weekend. I will, people. <laughs> Go see Ali. Difference. DVE Sports. Mike Christina's got your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show. Mike! More reaction yesterday to the NFL's National Anthem Policy. Sports this hour brought to you by Sport Clips. We had heard a lot yesterday from Ramon Foster talking about how uh, the rules are what they are, and if you want to be in the NFL, you got to follow the rules, and uh, the Steelers maintain that they're going to be able to do that. Uh, this is a controversial policy to say the least, but... Steelers president Art Rooney II, speaking with three local reporters yesterday, said he did not think uh, it was anything the Steelers couldn't handle. Quote, the leadership we have on this team, the communications we have in this building, I just don't expect us to have an issue with this. And uh, Alejandro Villanueva was the guy everybody wanted to talk to yesterday, but Villanueva declined comment, walking uh, past uh, a whole bunch of us on the sideline after OTA number three and maintaining that he was fresh out of clickbait or words to that effect. Uh, Ramon Foster, who had uh, spoken about this subject on Tuesday, did so again yesterday. Us personally, I feel like we'll handle it like pros. It won't be a, a situation for us. It'll, it'll be work as usual for us. You know, other teams, we'll see what happens. I'm sure when the summer breaks on, everybody will voice their opinions, and I'm sure it'll be a highlight the opening day. Um, our thing is just minimize the issue. You know, we're there to... Play a game. You know, I know we have one hell of a platform in the sense that guys or people look for us, you know, for to be the voice of reason. But on this one, um, what do you do? You risk losing your job, risk getting fined, risk, you know, making, you know, uh, making a, a livelihood for your, your, your family or you play the game. Um, we'll see. I think it is going to be potentially uh, devi- divisive for some teams. Just one uh, one more curveball that I'm sure coaching staffs are pulling their hair out over and mm-hmm. uh, probably some people are worried about in terms of whether their team will stay together and present a united front, whatever they end up doing. And 
Well, Maybe. because now not making a statement is making a statement. Yeah. They've sort of eradicated the ability to minimize the issue, yeah, as Ramon Foster put it. Stuff like that can can linger a little bit, too. Um, Maybe there'll be some guys who decide, all right, I'm going to go out there and stand and put up with it, and then that's going to bother them a little bit. Who knows how people are going to react. But uh, I think Ramon Foster, as he usually does, hit the nail on the head when he said, uh, you try to minimize it, we're there to play a game. That's what they're there to do, and that's what everybody shows up to see them do. Uh, Antonio Brown's a guy who usually figures these things out and plays the game pretty well. Uh, we heard from uh, Antonio Brown this week talking about Le'Veon Bell. He should show up. That was uh, a widely circulated soundbite from Brown. But he had some other things to say this week as well. He talked about uh, the accountability that new offensive coordinator Randy Feekner is bringing the OTAs. Well, he's just holding everybody accountable. Uh, he got that accountability sheet going uh, in regards to whoever make an MA, whoever missed a pass, uh, just holding the group accountable. Uh, uh, everyone holding each other accountable, and that's how we get better because uh, you don't want to make the sheet. He said M-A. I think he meant M-E, which is mental error. So he made he an made, M-E. So he might end up on the accountability sheet tomorrow. Uh, Antonio Bright, you know, it's, it's football in shorts. Uh, there's no hitting. There's no tackling. But uh, that hasn't stopped Brown and cornerback Artie Burns from renewing their practice field rivalry. Always competitive. You know, me and Artie is at it already. Uh, but those are the things you want, you know, uh, the competitiveness side of it to bring about, bring out the best of our teammates and uh, us competing against each other, make each other sharp so when it's time we're ready. You know, obviously we hometown uh, friends, uh, competitors. Uh, it's just one of those things is like your brother. You know, you want to get the best of him, you want to get the best of you, and that, but at the end of the day, it's all love. Dade County, right? That, uh, Miami. That was something at training camp last year. And Artie's, Artie's just the new. I mean, I remember him going at it with Ike. Him and Ike Antonio, actually fought. Yeah, that the he's progressed to that guy in his career instead of the up and coming mm-hmm. guy going against the corner. Um, Steelers will be back uh, on the practice field next Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday as OTAs continue. Pirates are back home tonight. They've got St. Louis. At PNC Park, they're coming off a 5-4 to four loss yesterday afternoon to the Reds. Bucks have dropped 5 of 6. They are 27-22. and 22. Uh, The bad yesterday, the grand slam uh, allowed by Ivan Nova in the bottom of the third that had the Pirates chasing the game thereafter. The good, another home run from Austin Meadows, a two-run shot in the ninth inning that brought the Pirates to win a run at 5-4. Meadows' third home run. In just 25 at bats, he's hitting 440. <laughs> I mean, you got to keep him up. I think you know. I, I'm, I'm guessing a lot of people assumed that when Starling Marte went on the DL, they would bring Meadows up, give him a taste of the big leagues, and then when Marte came back, he would go back to AAA. I, right? Can you keep him up and not play him? Is Polanco uh, very, becoming expendable? It's a very good question. Polanco's not hitting for average, but he's hitting for power, and he's still kind of defending like Polanco. I think he's still young enough, Mike, that if he's not in the starting lineup, you want to get him at as many at-bats as you I can. Would, I would agree. That might be a uh, – as, as well as he's doing, that might be a difficult decision. That'll give everybody something else to be outraged about 
In the meantime, Joe Musgrove gets uh, the ball tonight for the first time in a Pirates uniform. I don't think anybody would be outraged if Polanco got benched. No, I mean, if they send Meadows back. Oh, yeah, no, that they'll get outraged about stay that. with Polanco, which they may do. I'm going to yeah. be outraged if Musgrove isn't good tonight. We brought Doug Benson in to be a part of the DVE Comedy Festival, the third show on the weekend slate of com- <laughs> It's the DVE Morning Show. Yes, it is. And uh, we got Sean Collier live in studio. Randy Bauman along with Bill Crawford. Julie Grant from uh, Channel 2 filling in for Val this morning. We're all live in the studio. We are live in the studio on the the, uh, eve of a... Well, not the eve. It is the start of the holiday Mm -hmm. weekend, Memorial Day. Huge weekend. It is a huge weekend. I uh, I always like Memorial Day because I feel like when you come back out of Memorial Day, when you go back to work, it's officially summer. It's yes. summer. Mm-hmm. Despite the actual date being a little further down the road. True. I always feel like that Tuesday when you come back, let's all wear white. You're right. Because the pools are open, right? Yep. It's time to go to the pool. Yep. I was driving the past the Dormont pool yesterday. It's uh. all... It's all filled up with water. Did Looks you see like they're ready to open? See the paint job they were doing on that oh, yeah. for the last few weeks? Oh, yeah. Getting that Dormont pool ready. It's nice to see it crystal clear with no Band-Aids in it. It is. That's all going to end That's probably it. tomorrow. Right? Let, yeah. It's going to last three hours. Beautiful. Some of the dogs are living in this pool. I don't know how that even works. I mean, of all the public pools in town. Yeah. The Dormont pool is insane. I it's mean, it, it's huge. You know, they, so is the North Park pool, though. I don't know if you've ever been up there. The North Park pool is like it's. Uh, they could put a whale in that thing. Yeah, <laughs> they <laughs> could <laughs> store a whale in the North Park, and pool. they'd have to probably track it because it would be like <laughs> they'd lose hard it. to yeah, hard to find. Yeah, because North Park is just one. The, the entire uh, uh, spance is that expanse. What do you say? What is the Expanse. Expanse. Expanse of North Park is mm-hmm. is ridiculously impressive. And it's really not expansive. No, it's free, <laughs> I believe. <laughs> no, it's not free. How much does it cost to go to the pool? Six bucks, eight bucks, something like that. Does it cost money to go to the Dormont pool, too? Yeah. I didn't even know that. So yeah, there's, You can't just go swim in that pool for Did you ever nothing. go to the Mount Washington pool? No. Dude, it's like a postage stamp. Really? Uh, so it's pretty small. Uh, like, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's just a bunch of people... It's like being gotta, in the in the bathtub with a bunch of people you don't know. Oh my god! Yeah, we did a gig at Avonworth Park by the uh, the the pool there, which is the pool I went to as a, a child. And so I got there, I was like, oh yeah, this is where I learned to feel shame. That's fun. Yeah, it's Aww. a fun environment. Because when you're a little kid, you're like, you don't think about that. And then you're about nine or ten, you're at the pool, and you look down, and you're like, I don't look like the other people. Like. <laughs> I think this might be a bad thing. Growing up, we went to a place called the Golden Racket. It was like in Edgewood, Swissvale area, mm-hmm. and that part, uh, that pool, it was huge, and it was it was awesome. We would go every year. My and my mom one year, <laughs> where she came out with these nachos, and she's got all this this piping hot nacho cheese, mm. and she went to sit down in her little lounger. And one of the legs of the lounger was like in a gopher hole, and it just flung the cheese up in the air, and it landed on her leg. She screamed. I still can't get that noise out of my head. She screamed and ran and dove into the pool, which is the worst thing you could do, because then it all adhered to her leg. Flaming hot nacho cheese. (laughs) Brutal. Brutal. And then you would, you know, play handball on the side of a big building. The bunch of kids. When you're a kid, so fun. Fun. the pool is in the summertime, especially. It is that's that's your cocaine. It's 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 a, <laughs> you, it's, a it's its whole world. You will do anything to get to the pool. 
And we went to my Aunt Jackie's house always. She had the pool. She lived the kind of a little bit far away. So basically, she ran one of those daycares that were illegal. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where, <laughs> where totally unlicensed. She, you had to pay her to watch your kids all day, yeah. and she kind of did. Except, yeah, and I didn't learn about it until I was older. And uh, uh, she always said, "Don't drink my Coke." And I never knew why. She was like all mad about her Coke because she had black velvet in it. It was it was a BB and Coke. She's got all these neighborhood kids like swimming in her pool, and she's just sitting out there, you know, all day. She was the best. I mean, she was great, and and it was actually really like a fun summer camp situation. But she's knocking back cocktails. The lifeguard is hammered. <laughs> no, but it, it was like uh, it was an easy thing for parents to do. You're in the pool now. Go. Mm-hmm. I'm. You know. I'm going to go do 10 different things. Someone's right? watching you and your kid will stay busy all day and then hopefully go to sleep at nine or 10 o'clock. Right. Did you guys ever lifeguard growing up? I didn't. I did no. not. Okay. Mm-hmm. Where did you lifeguard? I, I did. In, well, I grew up in Steubenville, Ohio, which uh-huh. isn't far from here. And, right. Sure. And of course. No, it's the Burb of the Listen Berg. Listen to TV in Steubenville. Right. Yes. Always have. <laughs> and the Burb of the Berg. Thank you, Randy. Yes. Mm-hmm. But uh, so there were city pools in Steubenville where I was a lifeguard and best job ever. Yeah. And, oh, let me tell you. It was just, you know, at the time, I mean, it was... You know, good money. I mean, sunshine. You get free food, at the, free nachos and cheese at the yeah. snack stand. I mean, get a tan. It was just, uh-huh. you know, it was great. I mean, sometimes you did feel a little bit like the babysitting service. Did because- you have to break up some gambling rings every <laughs> once in a while? <laughs> right. well, do you know what's funny? There were some kids who would act bad, and we there were police who would be at the entrances to make sure they weren't bringing in any, contraband, any right, any weapons or anything like that. Right. So there were. That's some how kids you know who- you work at a rough and tumble pool. Right. If you have. <laughs> Police at the gate. There were yes, there were some instances. Um, if you have to have and, a metal detector at the pool, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> right. Um, but you know, most of the kids were really good. But you did feel like the babysitting service some days because it was the same kids, oftentimes oh, yeah. every day, all day. Sure. Parents would drop them off, and I mean, you just have to have eyes everywhere. I mean, I think there were like they had big pools down there, and you know, my friends who were lifeguards. I mean, there were at least. I think six of us watching the pool at all times. Did you guys like have every- crazy parties, lifeguard parties? We would have fun. I mean, it was, you know, I mean, yeah. nothing out of control, but it was always a fun time. It was a really fun job. It was like at the time I was like, can't believe I'm getting paid to do this. Right. This is great. Did <laughs> you ever have to Hasselhoff anyone like out of the water and save anybody's <laughs> life? You know, I, not that I saved anybody's life. One time I jumped in because there was a little boy who went under and I wasn't sure if he, he was under a little, it just looked like it wasn't a fun you know, and I went in and you know grabbed him. He was okay, but no, nothing. Thank, thank God, nothing crazy like that. Ever when you brought him up, did he say, "Don't, do don't use that cliche of I look like I was drowning <laughs> to try and perform CPR on me." You should still probably give me mouth to mouth. I can breathe fine, but just let's make sure. My friends who were lifeguards up in Erie at Presque Isle mm-hmm. on the beach. Oh my God, the those dudes uh. used to party. So hard because you're 16, 17, 18 years old, right? And you right. can wear you got off. the best body that you're gonna have your whole life, yeah. Getting three right. hours of sleep, I always right. wondered that like, how safe are we really here? <laughs> A lot of sunglasses on the uh, on the oh, lifeguards, everybody just- was playing hurt, <laughs> right? <laughs> The beach lifeguards, you know, at the ocean, I mean, they have to be so strong, oh, yeah. I mean, to do that swimming. My mm-hmm. gosh, I mean. It's really something, the shape they have to be in, like the David Hasselhoffs of the world yeah. really have to be in shape to do that kind of work. My buddy was a, a lifeguard out at the wave pool in Monroeville, and the wave Fun. pool at Monroeville was like, I, I, it was the most bizarre AstroTurf beach area of any pool I've ever been to. It, it looked like 
the tailgate of a Kenny Chesney concert was mixed with the tailgate for a Trick Daddy concert. It was the weirdest mix of people. It was Penn Hills and Monroeville and Murraysville. And sure. It was just bizarre, but it was so fun, though. Mm-hmm. Well, this weekend kicks off pool weather, summertime being ushered in, barbecues, and drunk uncles. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no doubt about it. Amen. I get to be a drunk Sounds uncle now. fun this yeah, weekend. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're going to do a quick break. We're going to come back. Julie has the news for you. She's filling in for Val. Also, uh, we've got the band The Local performing live for you in the coffee house. A chance at 1000 bucks in workforce cash next. I told you, we did that one room. It was a, it was at a bar, and the, the stage was 50 feet from the bar, and nobody came into the showroom. So there were just the locals at the bar, and there was a guy in there who did so much cocaine that he had a bathroom drink. That's awesome. He had a drink <laughs> sitting on the back of the toilet, and I was in there. To, I'm hosting the show, and I go in, and I'm I'm going to the bathroom in between sets. He comes in, locks the door, and he says, "Hey man, do you mind if I uh, if I do some drugs in here?" And I'm like, "Uh, uh man, go ahead, man, hurry up." And he goes, "Do you want some?" And I go, "Nah, I'm good." And he goes. Why not? I go, well, a lot of reasons. <laughs> but I guess the main one being it's Monday night <laughs> at 830. <laughs> I'm all set. Randy Bellman and the DVE Morning Show. I mean, the Monday night Coke bathroom <laughs> where's excursion. Your, where's your week going well, from there? How can you? That's Monday? <laughs> That's your Monday. Just be a long week chopping rails on porcelain and then probably <laughs> talking about 9 11 for seven hours at the bar yeah, yeah. you guys see loose chains yeah, for real right. watch it i got busy tuesday i don't oh you know what screw it i'll tell you, know you. what i don't have anything going on on tuesday let's walk there i sell drugs yeah. i sell drugs here and i do drugs here sell the drugs where i do the drugs I'm at, I, you look you know i sell myself the drugs with the money i make from selling drugs <laughs> Never turns out real good for them. No. No. They don't typically end up becoming physicians. Mm-mm. Right. There are not a lot of lawyers out of there. Not a lot of <laughs> vice presidents of PNC Bank. <laughs> no. Start their career by selling uh, cocaine on Monday nights in a bathroom. That guy should get himself a good lawyer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's right. But well, we have one this morning because uh, Julie oh, Grant is here you guys filling are in too for uh, Val Porter with, uh, with your news on Happy DVE. Friday, guys. Yeah, right. Thanks for mm-hmm. having me. Sure. Okay, so we know that almost 42 million Americans will be starting their summer by traveling for this Memorial Day weekend. The holiday unofficially marks the start of summer for many people, and AAA says they anticipate a 5% increase in people traveling for this extended weekend. And the number of people anticipated to journey to different places is also expected to be the highest number that we've seen in over a dozen years. So... Keep in mind, major roadways could see delays up to three times longer because of this. And also the increased travel comes as gas prices continue to skyrocket. Gas is terrible lately, especially around here. It's better in Ohio. It's better in Ohio. Is it? It is. Um, You know, because I grew up just because of the gas tax in in Pennsylvania. I don't know what is, but it's remarkably different. Like I paid two seventy nine a couple days ago. It's always more expensive than here. It's like three twenty. Always has been. I don't know why. It's, mm. Doesn't make any sense. It's that gas tax. Mm-hmm. Well, that was good when you grew up. Uh, when I grew up in Erie, it was only fifteen miles to either Ohio or New York. Oh, okay. You know, it's twenty miles to New York, and you know, just under twenty to Ohio, depending on where you were. And so you could go and like shop in 
just decide right. like, well, if I got to go out west for something, I'm going to go fill up in Ohio and then come back. And if I get to the east side, I'll do it in New York. That's how I know I'm getting old is that <laughs> seems appealing to me now. <laughs> And my dad used to do that. Like he used to be yeah. like, "Well, I got to go to the get go because that's where I got the points." And yeah. mm-hmm. why don't you pull up behind me and we'll fill up both our tanks right. based on my rewards? Yeah. Right. <laughs> I feel right. like in Ohio, smart. Ohio, it was more prevalent. We would go there more than we would go to New York, or or you would be someone to be like, "Hey, while you're out there, get some fireworks and fill up your tank." <laughs> see, I just show up, fill the tank, and then get pissed about it after I see how much it is. Uh, what forty five dollars? Right. What? Right. Uh, just end up mad in the car for the next hour. Yeah. yeah. I can't so believe hard. this. Well, I always pay with the, with my credit card, and it always pops up on my phone whenever a charge is on my credit card. So it just, as soon as I start my car, it kind of, mm-hmm. bing, just, mm-hmm. you're looking right at it again. So you, you have another chance to be angry. Twice. It's a nice feature. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad it doesn't do that with everything else, like a gallon of milk. Boom. <laughs> you just your play. credit card is a hype man for your finances in a negative way. Yeah, it's just getting getting me more and more upset (laughs) even when i first started driving we would drive around right like you would spend the night like we're just you know we might end up maybe we'll go to a movie but we're just going to kind of roll around (laughs) now i would feel like i was just lighting dollar bills on fire right right sean oh yeah the only time i drive around now is when i'm trying to find a parking spot in Southside, (laughs) (laughs) and it's not on purpose i just i can't find a spot yeah when when you're younger you take a collection from your friend's the, the minimum it, it required to have a night was like a gallon and a half worth of gas mm-hmm. and a pack of cigarettes. <laughs> yeah. So it was like, if we can get six or seven bucks together here, we're good for four of us. Who got right. snaps on the Petro? Right. Let's go. Right. Exactly. Cough it up. I think back to like how silly like I was like with my friends, because that would be the thing, like you said, John, yeah. like driving around. Like Friday, what are you going to do? Oh, we're going to be driving around. Maybe go to the pizza shop. Maybe mm-hmm. we'll pass you in the car on... Yeah. You know, just see Sunset where Boulevard people and, are. You know, yeah, yeah. It's, just, it's kind of like, well, why didn't we plan to meet somewhere? Why didn't we get to have a plan in place? We're going to drive past that Kogo's? Stupid. We got to drive past yeah, that go Kogo's. Everybody's probably sitting on the guardrail. <laughs> we hear there's a house that right? looks real creepy after mm-hmm. dark. We're going to go yeah. look at it. Yeah. Erie had Axe Murder Hollow. That was yeah. the scary place. Like, mm. let's go out to Axe Murder Hollow. Why is it called that? No reason. Uh, no Axe Murders. <laughs> not really a hollow. But it's just Axe sounds Murder good. Hollow. <laughs> Let's go to scary. Axe Body Spray Hollow. <laughs> it's where all the bros hang. I think it was Blue Mist Road, which was supposed to be really creepy, but now I hear it and I'm like, that just seems kind of soothing. That seems like a spa day. Blue Mist. Mm-hmm. Well, I always got gas nice. at the same gas station and it was a hilarious place. If you filled up, they had this promotion where I'm not sure what happened. It was a quick fill that they must have ordered like way too many of these. You got these glasses, like drinking glasses, if you filled up your tank. I don't know why. Really? My entire upbringing, I drank out of quick fill glasses. Gla- Be- like real glass. Like a gl- like you need a glass of water, glasses are up in that cupboard. You'd open it, it'd be a quick fill glass. Because you got one when you would fill up your tank. So my dad would have the guys fill up the carpet trucks, and then they'd get glasses. So we had like pallets of these glasses. <laughs> right. That was one of the things. And then it got robbed so often. And my dad and my uncles always drank at the bar across the street. It was called May's Tavern. And they would sit at May's Tavern, and the bar across, the Quickville was across the street, getting robbed so often they would take, they would like have a pool to see, like, oh, you know, like when you do funny. a baby pool, oh, like when's no. the baby going to be born? It was like, when's the yes. next time it's going to be robbed? And like on a couple of occasions, the pool for when is it going to be robbed won more money than the actual robbery. <gasps> 
So, like, the guy stole 80 bucks, but the pool paid a buck 50. At that point, couldn't you influence the results pretty directly by robbing the quick fill on your day? If I rob it now, I win the cash from here and the money I get out of the register. One way to look at it. Or how many would-be robbers did you thwart by just turning them into gamblers instead? That is true. Guys, you don't even have to go to jail. You just come over here and just gamble. This is perfect. Buy some 50-50s. That, and I remember the guy that worked at that gas station's name was Can. But as I tell Can to fill it up, it's like, charge it. Tell him to charge it. I need another glass. I I don't want to see the origin story of how he got that name. (laughs) Can. Can Solo. And he would smoke cigarettes. Can Solo. Which is another. While while filling up the tank? Dude, smoke cigarettes. Oh, my God. Wow. I was like, the my fuck? buddy pulled into a gas station smoking a cigarette one time, and the attendant lost his mind. Yeah. What are you doing? Right. No, you should. You don't have to be. Because you're not thinking. The fumes would will mm-hmm. catch. Mm-hmm. That's why I've heard you're not supposed to pull your cell phone out. I've heard that too, Randy. I know. I'm what? always afraid to for that reason. You're not, what do you mean? Yeah. It's, it's an urban You do it legend. all the time. Is it? Is okay. It there was a Mythbusters about it. They did everything they could to try to get it to ignite and couldn't possibly. <laughs> oh, really? They, so they, we're safe. They, they we're put, safe, yeah, Randy, They yeah. put it in a, ba- a box full of pure gas fumes and just kept calling it over and over again. Oh, really? Went, yeah, no kidding. Maybe anything. if we light this phone on fire. Yeah. <laughs> that did it. All right, what else you got? Oh, my there? goodness. Okay, this is a good one. So a 14-year-old girl is now a college graduate. NBC Connecticut reports that Aurora Jettle picked up an associate degree from Quinnebog Valley Community College that is in Danielson, Connecticut. This happened on Thursday. She says she plans on having her bachelor's degree before she's old enough to drive now. Jettle was the commencement speaker as well with a 3.9 grade point average. Pretty smart young lady there. If wow. it's your kid... Pride and joy, amazing. If it's somebody else's kid, ah, that kid's showing off. <laughs> Come on, live a little bit, kid. Her first frat party, she was 10. That's <laughs> concerning. Yeah, good stuff. All right, so NBC is choosing the 50-year-old Broadway smash Hair as its next live television broadcast musical. The network made the announcement earlier this week saying it hopes to broadcast the show by the spring of 2019. Hair has been revised countless times since its Broadway debut in 1968, including a recent celebrity-packed performance at the Hollywood Bowl in Los Angeles. Dude, I've never what did seen they, that musical. No, I've never seen you, it either. Yeah, what did they just they do? They get naked, though, isn't it? Like, they get naked in hair. Oh. Do uh, they? Uh, the, the, it's an option. Mm. So wait a minute. Diane what? Keaton was oh. in the original cast of mm-hmm. Hair, right? Oh. I think so. Oh, and I was Treat thinking Williams. I, I saw... Is that Cat's brother? No. I once saw a production of Hair where they weren't supposed to get naked, mm-hmm. but then they were mad at the theater owner, so they spontaneously got naked uh, and that was that was thrilling it was uh, like oh naked protests at a community a suburban community theater it probably hasn't happened too much uh, that would have been great yeah wow. i'd have been way into that mm-hmm. you would think turned into a broadway musical by the way the movie a bronx tale it's now a broadway what? musical really? i was in new york not too long ago with my mom and we went and saw it it was fantastic i if gotta go movie, see this oh you gotta go it's yeah. so good it's so nobody good. cares right nobody and, cares yes. 
<laughs> and the little boy who plays Calorgino, who plays C, is the cutest thing ever. He is so adorable, singing, dancing. And... Don't get mad at me because you're a bus driver. <laughs> she yeah. passed the test. It's just like she that, passed though. the test. <laughs> the Mario test. Mario's an idiot. <laughs> I saw the uh, I saw the one man show on Broadway oh, when Chaz was doing the one man show of yeah. Bronx Tale, and uh, everybody in the audience was from Staten Island, and they all were wearing their best tracksuits. And <laughs> I ev- imagine it was very loud in there, dude. It was so loud. Every time he said a line, he'd be like, you know, the the set was the street, and he would point the up to, when he goes and up there in the second window. That's when uh, Mrs. Uh, Rosini would uh, lean yeah, out yeah. with the with the wooden spoon and yell right. at us, and then you would hear this Italian murmur that didn't stop, like so like a true. wave. Oh, They'd be my like, God, we used to do that. <laughs> "Mrs. Rosini, oh, yeah, this is exactly what happened. You know, square with the wooden spoon." And every, uh, and it just happened every time. Oh, it is when we lead on the cars and sing do. Oh, yeah, sing do. <laughs> <laughs> And, and it was, I saw somebody was get so mur- murdered over oh, yeah, a murder, parking murder. space. Yeah, all the time murder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we had a lot of murder. Lots <laughs> 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 was a meter man. Yeah, 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 lots of killing. <laughs> Things were good. <laughs> you did the gambling scene in the movie, like where the Kalorjan is rolling the dice. Yeah. Like, like they do it exactly like that in the musical, like where they stick everybody in the bathroom, like uh, Jojo the whale, get him in the bathroom. Does Jojo get to sing a song? Uh, you know, um, he d- sings a little and dances a little. I mean, he's not like I'm in the bathroom. There's so many people. People in here. Yeah. I got coffee cakes. I don't want that face looking at that face. Do you get that? What about the Joey? What's his name? Two times? Does he have to sing everything two no, times? No, no, no. That's good. Does the song again? Does the song again? I got it. Because he said everything twice. I'm going to yeah. get, get the papers. <laughs> this is the wrong movie. <laughs> I thought you said you was all right, Spider. Wait a second. We're Just still. Com- combine them all. You said he had five fingers, but he only used three. Right? Yeah. You're and, that's the, oh, I that's love like that. you were thinking yeah. That the a Bronx Tale is one of those movies I leave it on every single time. It's a classic. It is mm. so damn good. Yeah. So many good storylines in it. Right. And really an unfortunate life music. for the kid. The C, he's in jail for real. See? Oh yeah, no that guy went oh, on to have Yeah. I mean oh, they discovered that killed, kid on he the killed beach. killed a cop. Oh no. No, no. His friend his did, friend did. on a break in. Oh, and uh, he horrible. was he was with him and the guy. But there was like a drug Still, ring. That's it was like horrible. a not, yeah. It was a bad. It was it was a bad deal. Yeah. Oh but gosh. yeah, they discovered him on the beach. That dude, and they said, "Hey, you should come in. We're casting, a, you know, this movie." And that's how he broke in. And then he ended up on The Sopranos. And by the time he was on The Sopranos, is when he was kind of hitting the skids there, pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, no musical about that. God, I want to see the Bronx oh, Tale so musical do I. so bad. Oh, no, you guys will love it. It's so good. It's it's just it's fantastic. It, it really is. It's just like the movie, and um, a couple famous people in it. There was a, a famous soap star. He played Joe Carlino on Another World. He's in a he plays the Chaz Palminteri character. Oh yeah, and um, then. Uh, the guy who was Reese Witherspoon's boyfriend in Legally Blonde, he's also an aide plays the Robert De Niro character, you know, the dad. And I read that Chaz Palminteri and Robert, De- I can't even get that out. Chaz Palminteri and Robert De Niro both had involvement in this too, like creative yeah. involvement in getting the production off the ground in New York. So stay awesome. away Let's from my son. Yeah. <laughs> we we got to send it upstairs. Thank you so yeah. much, Julie. Julie Grant from Channel Two filling Randy in for uh, your Thanks for having me. You guys are the best. We got a great band for you. Uh, performing uh, in the Permanis DVE Coffee House on the Point Park University stage. The local, Ben, Dean, Jenny, Eric, and Clay make up the local. What's up, guys? How are you? 
How's it hey going, there. Randy? Dude, you guys, uh, first of all, I really like the uh, the the album cover. It sort of looks like an ode to Exile a little oh, bit there. You got it, Randy. Exactly what it is. And you recorded this at a like world re- now world-renowned studio because it's churned out some uh, some classics in the last 10 years is it uh, minor street in uh, philadelphia that's correct minor street studios in philly and they they did what the war on drugs record the kurt vile record was recorded there too right yeah there's a great producer uh from minor street named brian mcteer who we've become pretty close with who has done quite a bit of uh work okay well uh, so the album looks great i mean the packaging and all the merch looks awesome and you guys are going to be playing in howlers on saturday night with cd players Moonlight Bloom and Jesse Gimble, right? You're playing a midnight set? That's right, Randy. Good deal. All right, what are we going to hear right now? We're going to hear a song called Racing. Here they are, the local DVE.
Sports. Mike, Pursuit has got your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show. What's the word? Sports this hour brought to you by Sports Clips. Pretty significant night tonight at PNC Park. The Pirates are handing the ball to righty Joe Musgrove for the first time this season. The St. Louis Cardinals are in town for the first of three, and Musgrove is poised to make his Pirates debut. He's been trying to get over a shoulder strain since spring training. One of the key pieces of the Garrett Cole trade. So all he's got to do is strike out about 13 and throw seven or eight shutout innings, right? No big deal. And then do that four or five more times, and it'll be Garrett who time. Uh, <laughs> Pirates could use a pick-me-up. They've lost five of six after yesterday's 5-4 to four loss to the Reds in Cincinnati. Uh, they Austin Meadows tried to give him a pick-me-up in the ninth inning last night. He hit his third home run. But all that did was bring the Bucks from five to two to within five to four. Meadows has three home runs and is hitting four forty since coming up to replace Starling Marte, who is on the disabled list. Uh, the loss yesterday dropped the Pirates to twenty seven and twenty two. They're three games behind the Brewers for first place in the NL Central Division. Cardinals are also three out, but uh, they are a couple percentage points better than the Pirates at twenty six. And 21. It's St. Louis this weekend, then the Cubs are here, and then the Bucks go to St. Louis. So a fairly meaty part of the schedule is at hand, and uh, we'll see what the surprising Pirates have in the face of that challenging stretch of games. Uh, we haven't talked at all about the, the Stanley Cup final today, but it is an intriguing matchup for a lot of reasons. Let's look at the two uh, general managers, George McPhee, of Vegas and Brian McClellan of the Washington Capitals. These two guys were teammates at Bowling Green from 1978 through 1982. They were both first-team All-America picks at Bowling Green. Their teams won two conference regular season championships and one playoff title. Wow. Vegas center Ryan Carpenter is also a product of Bowling Green as his Capitals assistant Todd Reardon, who used to be a Penn's assistant. Bowling Green is owning the Stanley Cup final. It's about time. You know, ever since they had to deal with that massacre, <laughs> it's just nice to see those fans finally get something positive. It's true. I saw those guys play. They were seniors the first year I covered. They were in Michigan State's league, and uh, they were seniors the first year I covered hockey for the student paper. That's a long way, man. <laughs> and George McPhee really built both of these teams. Mm-hmm. So if we didn't think he was the general manager of the year already for, for building Vegas, he built the other team that got to the final, too. I, I don't know that anybody ever could say that previously. Yeah, It's pretty cool stuff. I can't wait for this series. I think it's going to be fascinating. Yeah, me neither. This is going to be awesome. you got heroes. you got villains. you got a great story on both sides with the, with the Vegas out-of-nowhere one-year wonder and, and Washington, uh, you know, the Don Quixote of the NHL for the last <laughs> 20 years. See if they can get that windmill on the ground finally. And Vegas is the home team? Vegas is the home team, and Vegas is the favorite, believe it or not. Starts uh, Monday in Vegas. Steelers wrapped up week one of OTAs this week, and uh, the NFL uh, continues to deal with its national anthem policy. Uh, we heard a lot from Ramon Foster about that this week. Uh, the Steelers don't think there's going to be an issue. Steelers president Art Rooney II doesn't think there's going to be an issue, at least not locally. Uh, I think we're all in agreement there's going to be some issues, right? <laughs> yes. 
This is it's going to be a story for at least the first few weeks. Yeah, through the preseason, through the uh, September weeks, and then uh, we'll see where it goes from there. That's uh, your DVE Sports. I'm Mike Pursuta. We got another from the local coming up uh, in just a little bit. want to remind you, Doug Benson is added to the DVE Comedy Festival. His Doug Loves Movies podcast is going to be performed live and recorded at the Rex Theater on June 30th at 420, because that's how Doug does stuff. It's uh, a great sort of game show, pop culture forum with some really funny people. He always invites a bunch of his uh, comedian friends. And given that there are a lot of comedians in town that weekend, I'm guessing there's going to be a good slate on uh, the stage that afternoon. Here's Doug Benson talking about what the podcast entails. The back part of the show is uh, where um, they compete against each other in uh, movie trivia games that I that I devise, and um, someone in the audience could potentially win. Uh, me and all of my guests, we each bring something for the prize bag, so it's just a, a, a random things from the uh, people on the panel, and uh, one person in the audience uh, could, could win all that stuff. And the way you're eligible to win is if you bring some sort of uh, movie theme name tag where, like, you work your uh, your own name into the title of a movie. Uh, nice. You know, like, the, uh, like uh, for the name Brian, like, somebody might do, like, Brian, get your gun or something like <laughs> right, that. Right. <laughs> and people are super into Photoshop and making huge signs and making signs like they'll attach <laughs> uh, things to them to try to uh, coerce the people into picking them, like they'll attach, attach alcohol and weed and, and snacks snacks are big and uh so it's just all these crazy signs it's kind of like uh, let's make a deal yeah. each each person on the panel uh picks someone that they're going to play for uh based on how much they they like their name tag and you don't have to bring a name tag it, it'll still be fun but it, that's how you have a, a shot at winning something and what does it sound like on the show when they're going at it here's our friend bill burr as a guest on doug loves movies I'm, I'm over nerds. I've had it. They're just everywhere. Well, you're in the right building. Yeah. They, I don't even know if people here are nerds. It's like, it's the fashion. They're sitting underneath the, the Dharma Initiative uh, sign. Yeah, but it's, it's mainstream now. Oh, okay. Being a nerd is really mainstream. Yeah, it's true. And everybody, like, I've just ever Comic Con is all about the Twilight films. Everybody's, like, awkward and unsure of themselves. Yeah, and nerds. And I'm now, not buying it. We go up to lacrosse players and knock their axe body spray out of their hands. <laughs> That used to be. How long are you going to play the with victim? With encyclopedias. How I'm long are you going to play the victim? I'm wearing a black T-shirt. I'm not a nerd. I'm a boy. Yeah, enough already. <laughs> You're a grown man in your thirties. I'm thirty-three. Have, have a f- conversation <laughs> <laughs> with this f- awkwardness. Fourteen, like you're on a first f- date. It's just like, and then the pressure's on me. I got to hold up the whole conversation now. <laughs> that's why you like the superheroes, because you have the option of flying away when it gets all weird. <laughs> That's from Doug Loves Movies Podcast, and it's going to be performed live and recorded at the Rex Theater as part of the DVE Comedy Festival, June 30th, 4.20 p.m. Get your tickets now at dve.com. It's the DVE Morning Show, and one more time upstairs to the Permanis DVE Coffee House on the Point Park University stage, uh, the band The Local. They're going to be playing tomorrow night with CD players, Moonlight Bloom, Jesse Gimble. They're doing the late set at Howler's right there in Bloomfield, and uh, really one of the one of the great bars to go see music. Uh, and uh, and uh, another huge showcase tomorrow night. Ben, Dean, Jenny, Eric, and Clay make up the local. And what's the name of your record? Uh, the record's called Reverie, Randy. It's really cool. 
I mean, the packaging on it is awesome. You recorded in Philadelphia uh, at um, Minor Street Studios. And this is uh, off of Reverie. It's the title track. Right All right, right on. on. The title track. Okay. Do you guys have any songs about the Bronx Tale? <laughs> yeah. Please. <laughs> now use Can't Leave. Now, there you, there you, dude, that would be a great tune. Oh, my God. Write it. It's perfect. Instead of Reverie, try to fill in Use Can't Leave at some point. <laughs> Here they are singing the title track from the new album. It's the local on DVE. The Local. Check them out at thelocal412.com, and you can listen to them on Spotify, Bandcamp. The new album is Reverie. Uh, came out uh, just a few days ago, a week ago, 
And you can see them Saturday night at Howlers with CD Players, Moonlight Bloom, and Jesse Gimble. They'll be playing the late set. So if you're out and about uh, looking for something to do this weekend, there you go. Hey, guys, great job. Thanks, Randy. Thanks for having us. Right on. Best of luck to you. That sounded great. Uh, major uh, thank yous to uh, Julie Grant from Channel 2 for filling in for Val this morning. Thanks so much. Oh, yeah. My pleasure, Randy nice. and Bill. Thanks for having me. Love you guys. Love your show. It's awesome. Thank and, you. And Sean and Mike, great to be with you guys, too. You guys are great. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Ali Sadiq is at the Improv all weekend long. Thanks to Ali for coming in. That was a spirited conversation. I really feel it like... Was. By the way, his... I gotta, I gotta, I gotta work on my cliche questions. I gotta <laughs> get those. I gotta up. get those. That's out of what you were supposed great. to do. You guys were great. Uh, his were his so nice. comedy special is called "Bigger Than the Bars," and it was recorded at a at a prison. Uh, so unique comedy perspective from Ali Sadiq, but. He doesn't. Don't ask him about it if you go out there this weekend. He's very testy. Lesson learned. If he brings it up, fine. Ask about his kids. Ask about right. the eight He's kids. He's got eight of them. Seems eager to talk. And about thanks the kids. to Sean uh, for uh, being here to review Han Solo. You liked it. You liked Han Solo. It was Solo. fine. Yeah. It was fine. It was good. Uh, but what will be better than fine is the show tomorrow night at Arcade Comedy Theater. Really excited about this lineup for Sean Collier presents. At Arcade Comedy tomorrow night, 8 p.m. Terry Jones just put out a new EP. Really, really funny. One, one of the best around. Yeah, I love Terry. Felicia Gillespie, who will be on the Late Show for the Comedy Festival at Arcade. She's really funny. She's great. That show's sold out if you want to see her, and she's she is underrated. She is absolutely hysterical. Come and see her uh, and a, an up-and-comer named Shay Tyler. It's a great lineup. Tomorrow night, 8 p.m. at Arcade. Get your tickets now. I just tweeted the link. You can find that on my Twitter obviously, at Sean Collier, PGH. And for any listeners that are uh, listening on iHeart and might live around the Ohio area, I'm going to be at the Columbus Funny Bone this weekend with our boy Steve Byrne. Nice. When are you going there? Right after the show. Oh. You are? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. You're going to be there all weekend? Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, dude, I might do a drive. I'm I there might be Friday, doing a drop Saturday, in. and Sunday. Oh. Hey, my God. That's one of my favorite clubs in the country, man. It's awesome. Real quick, Bill, I have to tell you, my brother Tony was so excited that I was filling in this morning. He loves your comedy, as oh. do I. You know, and we've obviously seen you many times you perform here great. in Pittsburgh. And as soon as I do, he's like, oh, Bill Crawford. And he starts going into one of your bits. It was hysterically <laughs> started doing the Pittsburgh Yinzer bit. It was too cute. I'll tell him I'll give him the 20 bucks I own. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, all right, that's it for us. Go uh, see comedy, go see music, relax, enjoy your Memorial Day weekend. Take a knee. <laughs> no don't no 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 just no. stay inside have a happy friday run, out, run outside and enjoy the uh the beautiful weather in between whatever raindrops may fall michelle's got the electric lunch coming up next is michelle in today i feel like i screwed that up all the time is she here yeah okay uh michelle is here <laughs> sean your chance at winning a thousand bucks every hour and workforce cash continues i'm finished you stay classy pittsburgh don't touch your face i got him dead pittsburgh all day baby for now you guys call me ronald would you not eat my pants ronald ah! mm -hmm.